it's me, it's me, it's Book It, T-1-3. Welcome to Book It, a wrestling podcast where we book and revisit your favorite wrestling storylines. I'm your commissioner, Hi-Fi Mike, and today we're your GM's Damone, D-Money Allen. Got a fresh bottle of Haterade. Primetime, wow. Travi T. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> not going to lie, I'm a little nervous because I haven't done this in like two months, it feels like. Hello there. L- little fudge. Uh, for those of you uh, <laughs> with VPNs. Uh, some Supreme Court <coughs> Justice's credit cards have been leaked, so go get yourself some Jordans if you got a VPN. And that's a joke for legal purposes. Wow. <laughs> I oh, didn't wow. hear any of that. I'm not compliant. Um, <laughs> the bad guy, Kenny. This man didn't do it. Uh, that's, that's a joke uh, for legal purposes, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here just trying to get canceled today, apparently. Apparently. By opposite crowds. Uh, um, today we're finally... No, it's the same crowds. Uh, no, no, you're right, you're right. It's opposite. Yeah, yeah. It's opposite. Yeah. <laughs> today we're finally gonna finish round three of the book adverse. Yeah. Yeah. Your hair looks mad sexy today, Mike. Oh, thanks. I put it up instead of back. I like it up. Thanks. It looks it's better up. Appreciate it. It's pretty getting pretty long. I couldn't keep putting it back. I'll just I, um, I'm thinking about re regrowing out my undercut. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, Welcome to hair it. Yeah, hair, oh, yeah. hair it. We're talking about hair, <laughs> hair, and more hair. Um, so yeah, so podcast so, for me. <laughs> <laughs> so Travis is going to do his round three. Finish us off. I'm just gonna gonna like, finish I mean, if you haven't listened to any of the book at right? first since your first episode, I highly off. recommend. I highly recommend uh, going back to the beginning of this book at first or the beginning of the first book at first. Um, if you're feeling bold, go all the way back to episode one. You got almost 200 episodes to catch up on. You don't really um, have to do that. But you don't have you to. Can. But the last year, over a year now, we've been doing book at first. So go back to my join, and then. Uh... It gets good from there. So wow. you can skip a mi- about midway through, and then you can pick up book adverse. Yeah, and then skip uh, over all of Kenny's bookings this round. <laughs> Save wow, that that second time. one was pretty good, wasn't it? No, the first one was the, a good one. No, the um, last one was the good one. So we're going to go ahead and get started. It's not right. the bad one. one. It's going to be yeah, the bad one. one. There you all go. Right. All right, so this is Primetime Championships Presents Takeover Fully Loaded. Uh, the theme song is going to be Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson. Oh, you are trying, you to, get are trying to get canceled. Okay. You really are trying yeah. to get canceled. There's like a whole TikTok I don't know if guy Travis that knows, follows. I don't know if Travis knows the implications that Marilyn Manson's been <laughs> put under. That yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. okay. he, was, he was grooming. Not, hey, 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 guess what? Not in my fucking universe. Let's he move was, on. He was grooming. I don't care. He's grooming. I don't care. <laughs> To become his not clip it, clip it, clip it. <laughs> not New Year's University, was it? Hey, hey, Travis, I follow this whole like uh, TikTok creator who does nothing but like evil person tips to that song, so I, I, I support the vision. <laughs> All, right. All right, how about you <laughs> do the original person uh, tips? Sweet what is dreams? That? 
It's like things you could get drinks. away with doing. Uh, <laughs> I like the one. Know. I like the one by fucking Marilyn. I, I understand that, but <laughs> we'll just go with he didn't do it in. Your yeah, universe. what the fuck? I got Velveteen Dream. He didn't do it in this universe either. Ooh. Uh, the year your Tessa did it. No one knows who the fuck that is. Yeah, Tessa <laughs> sure. did it. Tessa did it. It's easy. You got to the top, but you ain't do it. She said she did it. Me, <laughs> Austin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, but she didn't say Austin. <laughs> Strong ER. Yeah, she just growled at the end of that word. <laughs> Worst card. <laughs> All right. Um, what would she get from saying it's me, Oster? <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. If y'all anyway. want to, y'all need to quit with the with the answer. Ahead, I'm good episode. Good episode. We know I'm fucking fucking slow as shit. <laughs> um. So on Rebellion after the pay per view, the first episode Rebellion after pay per view. Uh, <clears throat> Shayna Baszler is out and uh, makes quick work of a local talent, submitting her to the Ace of Spades in under three minutes. Um, after the match, she snatches the mic from Lillian Garcia uh, and says, Natty Neidhart, I know you're back there somewhere. I know you think you're so clever. You pulled one over on the Queen of Spades. You won this hand, but I promise you in the end, Spades always trumps hearts. I will get in the ring with you again. I will lock in the Ace of Spades again, but this time I will make you tap. Enjoy your first moment on the island of relevancy in years. Your, enjoy your second shot at 15 minutes of fame, but know that reality is closing in on you. And when it does, Shayna Baszler is going to put you to sleep. So the next week on um, Livewire, it's a tag team match between Sarah Del Rey and Shayna Baszler versus uh, Manami Toyota and Natalya Neidhart. <coughs> Excuse me. Sarah Del Rey and Shayna Baszler... Uh, Face off with them with Minami Toyota and Natalia Neidhart in an 18 minute tag team match. Uh, Sarah Del Rey cracks Minami Toyota with the championship belt and gets her team disqualified. And then the Royal Guard jump uh, Toyota and Neidhart. That Friday on Rebellion, um, Natalia Neidhart comes out for a promo and the crowd is chanting for her. Guys, I'm so glad to be here, but I've got some stuff to get off my chest tonight. Let's have a little history lesson. Shayna Baszler spent over a month running roughshod through people that weren't trained to be competing at the level of Shayna Baszler. Shayna thought the beating up and bullying rookie talents was enough to get her a shot at the title. She even aligned herself with the champion to help boost her odds of getting a title shot. But luckily, our owner has enough sense to not give in to this bully. So Shayna throws a fit and wants to unleash her anger and take over Seek and Destroy in the form of an open challenge. Here's the thing. Shayna Baszler is one of the greatest women's wrestlers, bell to bell of all time. But she was hoping to see another local talent just trying to make their name or make enough money in one match to pay their rent for a month. Just so she could dominate a lesser talent and have an easy night at the office. But boy, oh boy, was she surprised when the Queen of Hearts came out and rained on her parade. Now I have to give it to you, Shannon. You almost had me. But your ignorance and your desire to win by one way only lost you that match. You were so focused on the submission that... That the fact that you were being pinned didn't even cross your mind. <coughs> You've mastered the physical side of competition, but you're a rookie when it comes to the mental side. You're as strong as they come, but mentally you are weaker than any woman back there, except maybe the rest of your Royal Guard cronies. As she finishes Shayna Baszler's music hits, and out she comes with a disgusted snarl on her face. Natty, you think you're the smartest in the room at any given time. You're right, you want to take over Seek and Destroy, but that's only because you took the coward's way out. You talk about me being mentally weak? I'm stronger than you could ever be. I don't take the easy way out by trying to hold someone down. I force my opponents to quit. 
I put pressure on my opponents to break or be broken. I thought you, the granddaughter of that sadist, Stu Hart, could find solace in that. But I see you're a coward just like your Uncle Brett. When the going gets tough, you find the easy way out, just like he did when he ran away to WCW. Now we can only hope that someone kicks your skull in just like Goldberg did his, so we don't have to suffer to watch you wrestle anymore. But until that day comes, I'm going to be the Reaper stalking you down. I'm going to force that will... I'm going to be the force that will compel you to quit. Natty, (coughs) at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I want you one-on-one in a submission match. Natalia smirks and says, Shayna, you're on. Whether I use Uncle Brett's sharpshooter or Grandpa Stu's sugar hold, maybe I use Tyson's dungeon lock, maybe I use Daddy's anvilizer, maybe I put you in the pinup strong, it doesn't matter. The Hart family always has an ace up our sleeves. In fact, I might make you tap out using your own ace of spades. We might match up perfectly in the ring, but you're going to be fighting me twice. Once in the ring and once in your head. Because we both know I've set up shop in there rent-free. So after I take you to depths you've never seen and I drown you in your own weak-mindedness, I don't want to hear any more excuses because hearts always trump spades. The segment ends with Shayna staring at Natty from the stage. (coughs) Oh, fuck. So uh, on Alpha that uh, Saturday, uh, Natty and Io Shirai have a back-and-forth match lasting 18 minutes. But in the end, Natty makes Io submit to the Ace of Spades, a direct shot at Shayna Baszler. Uh, The next week on um, Livewire, uh, as part of a Royal Gauntlet match, Kaya March has to face Shayna Baszler to earn a chance at Sarah Del Rey's title. Just as uh, Baszler locks in the Ace of Spades, Natalya Neidhart's music hits, and Shayna immediately breaks the hold. As Natty stands on the stage, Shayna Shayna Baszler climbs onto the top onto the middle rope, I'm sorry, and the two draw back and forth with one another. After a bit of this, Kaya March jumps to the middle rope and nails Baszler with a Destino off the ropes for the pinfall victory after a 15-minute match. That week on Rebellion, Baszler and Del Rey face off against March and Neidhart in a tag team match, lasting 21 minutes. The match ends after Kaya March hits Sarah Del Rey with a V-trigger, a bicycle knee to prevent her from breaking the pinfall from Natty on Chana. <coughs> Next week on Rebellion... Shayna Baszler faces off with Io Shirai, and uh, she's vicious with her assault, making quick work of the formal ti- former title contender, submitting her in under five minutes. Um, Natalia Neidhart faces off against Kaya March in a singles match, lasting 18 minutes. The end of the match sees Natty catch and reverse the V-trigger into a sharpshooter. Before the match reaches its ultimate climax, however, the Royal Guard hits the ring with chairs in hand and lay waste to the baby faces in the ring. And the royal, uh, I'm sorry, the four women stand in the ring, posing over bodies of Natalia and Kaya March. All right, out for the match now. So, start with the fits. I actually got fits on here. Hell yeah! So we got um, Shayna Baszler comes out in magician-inspired gear, black top hat with red ribbon, black cloak with silky red lining, uh, and then this her typical Shayna Baszler gear in black with red accents and white lining, outlining, and white leather gloves. Um. Natalia comes out with a white, like, you know how Eva Marie had the, like, the ROH logo type top? That's what she's wearing with red accents and red boots and pants. <coughs> now for the match. Starts off with a test of strength, followed by a double wrist lock from Shayna Baszler, uh, and then a double wrist lock slam. Uh, she then hits a soccer kick to the spine of Natalia, followed by an arm bar. 
Natalia posts herself up to a four-point base and then lifts Shayna in the air, stumbling over the top ropes. Uh, and both both women flip over the top rope. Shayna holds onto the arm bar, and as a yeah, as they flip out of the um, ring, and then she finally breaks once they hit the um, floor, and it sends Natalia hard into the barricade. Um, Natalia and Baszler are brawling on the outside with stiff shots. Uh, Shayna Baszler hits Natalia with a Baszler rush, but after that, Natalia hits a discus clothesline. Um, Natalia hits a butterfly suplex into the steel post, uh, followed by a snap suplex onto the outside. Um, Natalia then hits a stalling vertical suplex off the apron to the outside, uh, followed by a, um, or then Shayna Baszler, I'm sorry, grabs a turnbuckle wrench from under the ring and sm- Max um, Natalia in the skull with it. She then steps up or hits mounted palm strikes on a Natalia. And Natalia is now busted open. Um, Shayna bashes uh, Natalia's head into the steel steps, uh, followed by a curb stomp onto the top of the steel steps. And then, um, sorry, I lost my place. Uh, then Shayna Baszler hits a knee stomp onto the uh, steel steps. Shayna Baszler wedges Natalia's leg between the steel steps and the steel post and then super kicks the steel, tep- ste- the steel steps multiple times and finishes by hitting a running drop kick on the uh, steel steps, crushing Natalia's leg. The referee pulls Shayna away and has the doctors from ring staff come over to free Natalia and evaluate her condition. While they're attempting to get her unstuck, Shayna Baszler hits uh, Natalia with a step up in Ziguri. Baszler starts pushing the ring crew and ringside doctors out of the way before viciously snatching Natalia's leg out of the steel steps and rolling her into the ring. Shayna Baszler locks in a uh, figure four leg lock on the steel post on a Natalia uh, before getting back in the ring and hitting a gut rich superplex, followed by a uh, ankle lock. Shayna breaks the hold and is throwing a fit that Natalia won't tap out. She goes to grab Natalia, but Natalia is ready and wraps Baszler up and then and locks in a rear naked choke on Shayna Baszler. Uh, later in the match, uh, Natalia hits a super, can- super Canadian destroyer onto Shayna Baszler, and then follows up with a sharpshooter. Uh, but due to her leg injury, she cannot maintain the hold, and she collapses. Once she collapses, Shayna Baszler rolls out of the ring. Natalia's in the ring uh, in pain, nursing her knee, and Shayna rolls back in the ring with a steel chair in hand. As Natty wobbles to her feet and hobbles around, Shayna cracks her over the skull with the steel chair. Uh, Shayna then puts Natty's head through the steel chair and stomps down on it, strangling the life out of her. And then she locks in the ace of spades and makes Natalia pass out. Shayna Baszler is your winner. <coughs> okay. Is there no DQ in submission matches? You can only win by submission. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you a four. Okay. I think it was good. The match is good. Um, <coughs> it's not quite a five. Like, it's not perfect, but I like it. Um, All right. Oh, Mike, you got it. I had only one problem. Okay. In what game do hearts always beat spades? Because this I can't, one. could not find hearts. one. Uh, okay, but you didn't say that? I didn't say okay. <laughs> you asked the question and I answered. Uh because <laughs> there's only one game out of many, so it doesn't always beat spades. 
Ah, ah. No, I'm giving you four and hit a four point five. <laughs> yeah, All that right, was my that, that was my only problem. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna be a little different, but not too different. I'm not gonna be a hater, but uh, for me, I think the promos were really good. I think the match was just all right. Like, I feel like I would have gone into that match pleasantly surprised by the promos, but then just kind of, oh, what a chill during the match. Not necessarily go get a pizza, but, you know, maybe go get something out of the microwave and come back, miss a couple spots. Um, I wasn't super into the match, <laughs> but I was into the promos. Uh, I'm going to give this a 3.5. All right, I'll take it. Yeah, um... Funny thing is, I'm the opposite of John. I thought the match was good, but I thought the promos were weird. <laughs> okay. So I, I I gave you a 3.5 for that reason. That's a funny thing. Okay. So me and John were thinking the exact opposite. But yet the same. Yeah, I would have got a taquito during the promos, but I would have watched the match. <laughs> <laughs> I love how our measurements of things are what food we get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I, I would have got, got the whole plate full, but I would have grabbed the taquito. I would have grabbed one. I, I got my taquitos like during the match, maybe about like when they got back in the ring, <laughs> like from the suplex to the outside spot. I'm like, all right, I need to go get it. I'm hungry. <laughs> all right. So next match. Um, so live wire right after the pay per view. Raven and his flock hit the ring, and Raven begins preaching to the crowd. On Sunday night, the man you once knew as Jake Roberts was baptized in his own blood on the battlefield, just as I prophesied. I took that man to the limits of mortality, and I watched his blood drip down his face. I watched his soul expire. I watched his flesh tear from his frame. I saw his faith leave his reality. Jake Roberts isn't here tonight. What a waste of potential. See, he could be standing right here, right next to his rightful brother, Snow and Pillman. He could have been reborn in the image of the Raven. He could have been saved from oblivion, but now he will waste away in obscurity. See, he could be standing here tonight side by side with his brothers in arms, but instead, he'll never be seen standing here again. I told him he had one last choice in life. Choose the righteous path of the flock or perish at my hands. I suppose it is poetic that his last choice mirrored all those before it. When given the opportunity for immort immortality, Jake Roberts chose to poison himself one final time. Jake Roberts chose to fail one final time. Jake Roberts chose to finish his career the same way it always went, with him being the only one standing in his own way of immortality. Jake Roberts died a painful death last Sunday, and now... Aurelian Smith Jr. must live in the unknown. Until Roberts is called by the Raven to resurrect and serve his rightful purpose as a member of this flock. Now to all the wayward souls stumbling through this time space, to all the nomads and the wanderers looking for a home, looking to rebuild themselves to be the best they can be, look no further. I am your home. I am your salvation. I am am your paradise. I am Raven. If you're looking for rebirth, say it with me. Quote the Raven, never more. Before he can finish his sentence, the mic cuts to static. Then the lights flicker on and off repeatedly before a video of a swampland <coughs> passes onto the Travitron, going in as fast as it came. Ending the segment with a distorted voice yelling, Death! 
Uh, so in Rebellion, the Flock faces the Storm Brothers in the back-and-forth tag team match. <coughs> Lasting 24 minutes, the Flock gets the pin by win- or gets the win by pinning James Storm after a springboard lariat from Brian Pillman. After the match, Myro hits the ring and assaults the tag team champions. <coughs> that week on Alpha, Raven walks out mid-show flanked by his Flock. Raven stares out at the crowd before he begins the sermon. On Tuesday night, we spoke about personal revolution. We spoke about personal change. We spoke about the waste of a man that Jake Roberts was. Last night, we showed what personal revolution gives us. Last night, we proved what personal change gets us. Before being reborn in the image of the Raven, Al Snow was a joke. A played out one at that. Before being reborn in the image of the Raven, Brian Pillman was a loose cannon with no control over his emotions and prone to personality detrimental outbursts that cost him exponentially. After being reborn in the image of the Raven, Snow and Pillman are machines. Machines that tore through your tag team champions last night and proved they are, better, they are the better team. Now, Travi T, I know you've got a lot on your plate. I know last night Myro attacked the former champions in his ode and contractual rematch, but I believe that Myro and the Storm Brothers are both dried up wells. But our cup runneth over. We are the future. Travi T, at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I believe the Flock should get a shot at the... Before Raven can finish his sentence, the same technical issues as Tuesday arrive. His microphone cuts, the lights in the Travitron flicker on and off intermittently. Then finally the lights stay off and the video of the very same Swampland as Tuesday flashes on the screen, followed by the same scream of death. Raven and his flock are confused and infuriated. <coughs> the next week on um, Live Wire, Raven and his flock are seen in the ring and Raven looks angry. Raven speaks in the crowd, but not in the same calm and confident demeanor he had been for weeks. This time he was anxious and aggravated. I came out here from the goodness of my heart. I pour my soul into each and every one of you in this arena. I extend my graciousness to millions of human lives across the world, and I offer salvation to any lost soul in this company. I change lives for the better. But time and time again, you fools jest at my expense. You play your tricks with special effects and videos to scare these people from my light. You take from me. No! You take from every one of them the opportunity to be fully realized within their potential. Raven stares into the camera for a moment, but quickly regains his composure. As I'd offered to Jake Roberts, I offered the clowns responsible for this the same refuge. Come out here, out to this ring, and look me in my eyes. Realize what it's like to see the universe in a blink of an eye. Repent for your sins and sacrifice your life into the cause of the raven. I will absolve you. I will save you. I will repurpose you. You too can be reborn in the image of the raven. You can be a soldier in my holy war. You can be an angel guarding my gates. You can be more than cheap trickery and spook tactics. Now speak after me. Then walk down the aisle and follow my command. Quote the raven. Never. And again, Mike, Raven's microphone cuts and cuts out. Lights flickering in the swampland flashes across the screen, followed by the same scream of death as always. This time, however, the lights all go off and stay off for moments. When the lights return, Snow, Snow and Pillman are tied to a crucifix in the center of the ring, seemingly unconscious, 
and over their face are leather masks that look like zombified Raven. Raven looks startled and almost scared. <coughs> um, so the next, or that Friday night on Rebellion, Raven and his flock hit the ring, and Raven looks infuriated. Raven snatches a microphone from snatches a microphone from Lillian Garcia and begins spewing to the crowd. Who dares defy Raven? Who is bold enough to play chance with Raven? Who dares to play with my name, my likeness on the world stage? Show yourself, you coward. Stop hiding behind tricks of the eye and face your demise like a man. Raven and his flock stand in the ring watching uh, the stage intently. And after a few minutes and nothing happens, Raven begins speaking again. Now that you've proven you're nothing more than a flawed being incapable of accepting the consequence, consequences of your actions, I now ask all of you. Do you want to be a lost soul, scared of what your actions will bring you? Or do you want to accept Raven into your life? Accept your faults and be reborn in the image of the Raven. Those in attendance, rise to your feet. Those at home, reach out and touch your television screens. And everyone, repeat after me. Quote the Raven, nevermore. And again, the microphone cuts to static. The lights flicker on and off, then the entire arena goes black. Then the Swampland video starts playing on the Travitron for a while, but before we cut to a video of a black room filled with smoke. The only thing visible is a lantern on the table. After a few moments, we hear a voice begin to speak. Wayward souls, is that what you're searching for, Raven? You're looking for wandering spirits in the world, or are you looking for weak minds to take over? Looking for the faint of heart, the broken down, the injured and the defeated, so you can brainwash them to be reborn in your image. At this point, Bray Wyatt walks in the frame, looking directly into the camera. Raven, you and I might catch comparisons from time to time. See, we ain't nothing alike. In fact, Raven, you and I couldn't be any more different. You're looking for people to follow you, man. I'm looking for those that want to walk beside me. You're looking for children to fall for your cause and die in your name. I walk with my brothers and sisters for the greater good. You project yourself to be a superior being. And I see myself as an equal to my brothers in arms. At this point, two very large figures walk up from the shadows, but their faces remain hidden. You stand in that ring and you tell millions of people that without you, Al Snow is a fool. Without you, Brian Pillman is a maniac. I say that without me, Test and Brody are monsters capable of making worlds crumble at their feet. I do not change their value. I simply accentuate their power. I am the accessory to their greatness, not the cause. As he says this, the giant men's faces are revealed as Test and Bruiser Brody. So now, Raven, I know what you want to know. Why? Why has Bray Wyatt and his family targeted the flock? Why did we crucify Snow and Pillman in masks of Raven's face? Well, I'll be happy to tell you. Your entire goal is to brainwash as many good folk as you can to repurpose them as your minions. This directly interferes with my beliefs. See, Raven, I believe that men and women need no shepherd, for we are not sheep. Raven, people like you weaponize your religion for control. You take the weak and you put them in shackles and chains and you keep them weak. Man, you take poor people and you keep you give them a dollar so they think you make them so they can make you a million. Whether it's you or it's the priests. 
the Dalai Lama or the Pope, the gurus or the ayatollahs, the rabbi or the preacher, the president or the king, you're all the same. You take your power and you use it to keep the little man down. I despise you, Raven. I despise you. I despise each and every single man and woman like you. Why? You ask me why my family would target your flock. Because we are those little people stuck under the boot of people like you. People like us have been knocking on that door to paradise for far too long, Raven. We're done knocking. We're done asking. We're knocking that door down and we're taking what's ours. Now don't get it confused. This isn't two messiahs going to holy war. This is two bad men looking to destroy the other. I am no angel, Raven. I am no deity. I am a flawed man just like you. Now why? You ask, Raven, you ask why did we crucify those closest to you and mask them with your face? The answer is simple. We want Raven to know that the reason his empire will fall is because the man he looked in the eyes Tuesday night on Livewire. You cannot place his blood on the hands of the Wyatt family. You cannot place the blame on Snow and Pillman. The only one that can be blamed for the bloodshed and the downfall of your flock is Raven himself. Snow and Pillman, you will be freed from the shackles of the Raven at Takeover Fully, lo fully Loaded. Follow the buzzards. <coughs> so the next night, or then, I'm sorry, the next week on Livewire, Bray Wyatt and his family appear on the Travitron on Livewire, and Bray Wyatt begins to speak. Raven, there's a staunch difference between your previous opponents and myself. See, I'm not scared of you, Raven. I spent my whole life hiding in fear from giants like you. When I say giant, I'm not speaking of your stature. Lord knows I've seen larger men. When I say giant, I'm speaking of your presence. You're truly larger than life. This lends itself to fear and intimidation. You speak with the confidence few men will ever find in a million lifetimes. You walk through as though you will never stumble. You stand as if you cannot fall. You speak as if you've seen the future. The common man will crumble in your presence. I compare you to Mike Tyson. You win your physical battles long before that bell rings. The icy stares, the cold demeanor. The common man just can't compete. But, Raven, you and I are more alike than I let on last week. See, neither, neither of us are common. Riddle me this, Raven. How do you scare a man that dances with the devil in the pale moonlight? How do you put fear in the heart of the man that welcomes death as an old friend? I am the master of my own fate because I am my own God. Raven, you and I aren't as different as we seemed. Neither of us fear taking the lead. Rather, we fear giving it up. The difference is I have faced my fears. I have conquered my demons, and to take over fully loaded, boy, I will conquer yours. Do you know what it's like to be inside the belly of the beast while she contemplates abortion? Do you know what it's like to know you've swallowed your last breath? Do you know what it's like to beg for forgiveness? Do you know what it's like to lose it all? Take over fully loaded. The Wyatt family will teach you the answers to all of this and more. Follow. The buzzards. 
So that Friday night on Rebellion, Raven and his flock are seen in an alleyway with homeless people sitting around trash cans with fly- fires lit inside of them to keep warm. <coughs> Bray, you told these people that you're the little guy and that the big bad Raven has his boot on your throat. You told me I can't connect with the struggles of the common man. False. Bray, this right here is Skid Row. And this is where I spent the majority of my life. I lied on the ground hoping for a cardboard to be my match to be my mattress to soften the asphalt against my body. I was thrown from my house by my mother because she didn't understand my power. My mother said I was possessed. I was taken down by the devil. I was Beezlebub himself. I was a scared little boy, 15 years old, out on the street, told to fend for myself like a feral dog. You know who stood up for me? People like this. These are my people. See, Bray, I have walked with paupers and I've dined with princes and I swear the former is better company. Bray, you said we probably catch a lot of comparisons, but I don't see it. I am all powerful. You are a false prophet looking to capitalize off my name. Bray, you walk with giants and hide in the shadows, but I'm in here in the light walking next to the common men that you say you love. You talk about being the one to free Pillman and Snow. Release the shackles, you say. You ain't got the gall, Wyatt. You ain't got the power. The only thing that shackles Pillman and Snow to the flock is the truth. Now trust me, boy, the truth shall set you free. I am everything you heard about. I am the second coming. I am the prophet. I am the Holy Spirit. I am your reckoning. You too, like so many before you, will repent for your sins. You will be baptized in the blood of your brothers and fall in line as a soldier of Raven. But you will not be reborn in my image. No. You'll spend eternity as a slave to my cause because, and you will spend eternity on the front lines fighting my wars, taking my doubters captive, and converting the false prophets just like yourself. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, Bray Wyatt will meet his maker with Raven's rules. Quote the Raven, nevermore. As Raven hits his signature catchphrase, Raven, the flock, and all the homeless people turn to the camera and pose in the signature Raven T position. <coughs> that Saturday, the white on oh, Alpha, the Wyatt family appears on the Travitron and uh, Bray begins to speak. Raven, 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 you are the master manipulator, my friend. You stand next to the people. You claim to be the truth that will set them free. But in the end, you're just wolf in sheep's clothing. Those poor people welcomed you into the only home they have. They accepted you as their own. But they don't see what I see, Raven. They don't see what, that you're the man keeping them right in that place. They don't see that you're the one putting them in the slums. You are the one that put them in the ghettos. And you're the one that keeps them in their cages like feral pigs at the slaughterhouse. Just waiting their turn to be sacrificed to the Raven. But I ask those watching in the arena... Those watching at home and those and Skid Row to look just a little bit closer. Do you see what I see? <laughs> I see a coward, man. I see the little boy that no girl wanted to dance with. The little boy that never got picked for kickball. I see the little boy that came home to a drunk father and a broken mother that didn't love him. I look in your eyes, Raven, and I see Bray Wyatt. You and I walked the same path and got to two completely different destinations. The lack of love I received just made me want it more. The lack of, you, l- lack of love you received made you reject it entirely. I used, l- I used love to assemble a band of brothers loyal to the core. 
You use fear and hatred to amass followers in your favor. You went from bullied to bully. But at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I complete the cycle. Because once you're face-to-face with a man you can't bully, a man you can't intimidate, a man you can't break and manipulate, you will fold. Now tell me, Raven, in your big book of quotes, you have one for when you fall. How are you going to keep the flock in check when the buzzards invade your nest and kick you out? Raven, peek your head through the curtain and observe the arenas. See all the fireflies floating in the air. That is the light of the revolution. The people are behind me. And in TakeOver Fully Loaded, I will lead them, my family, and your flock to salvation. All they have to do is follow the buzzards. So uh, on Livewire the next week, Raven walks out with his flock behind him. The crowd uses the flashlights on their phone. (coughs) Excuse me. To create wide fireflies as Raven and the flock make their way to the ring. Raven paces in the ring, looking out to the crowd, mesmerized at the thousands of tiny lights staring back at him. Finally, Raven stops, looks at the ground before picking his head up and speaking. Wyatt, I see a swarm of your fireflies out here tonight, but just like every other time I've walked to this ring, I don't see you nor your family anywhere. Why, why is it that when I walk with the people, it's a tactic of manipulation, but when you hide behind the shadows and nondescript locations, you're the hero of these people. Explain to me why, when I bring someone into my flock, I'm using them to further myself, but when you send your men into slaughter, you're selfless and brave. Why, oh why, oh why, Mr. Wyatt? I'm seeing a lot of hypocrisy in your claims, but luckily for you, the masses seem to be hanging on every word. You become the head of the household for your family, the leader of the swarm of all of these fireflies. But while you're chasing the limelight, you don't realize you're leading them right into the bug zapper. Now listen, Wyatt, you talk about your men's willingness to walk right beside you, walk into the warfare and die by your side. So let's put it to the test. Raven swiftly turns and goes nose to nose with Snow. Snow, are you ready to go to war for the Raven? Snow nods immediately. Raven turns swiftly to Pillman. Pillman, are you ready to go to war for the Raven? Pillman hesitates a little. Pillman, are you willing to die for me? Pillman grits his teeth and nods to Raven. (coughs) Raven turns back to the camera. Well, there you have it, Wyatt. My flock is ready for war. What about your fam? Before Raven can finish his sentence, his mic cuts off and the lights go out. Bray Wyatt appears on the Travitron, rocking back and forth in his rocking chair. Good evening, gentlemen. (laughs) I hope you don't mind if we crash your little party. See, Raven, I was sitting back here, and I was listening to what you had to say, and I was fascinated. Hypocrisy is what you hear from me. Because I don't parade myself out to the ring, hoping for admiration and adulation from the people in the arena. Hypocrisy, because my brothers love me as much as I love them. Hypocrisy, because I want my 15 minutes of fame and I'll do anything, including my lead- leading my family to destruction to get it. <laughs> These claims are laughable, my friend. But what really has me fascinated is that Snow and Pillman are willing to die for your cause. Pillman, you do want to die for his cause, right? Snow, I know you've been brainwashed to believe his lies, but Pillman, it seems as though you were questioning your loyalty. Maybe I was just seeing something that wasn't there. Test. Brody. The two giants walk into frame. 
How would you boys like to walk onto the battlefield with me on Sunday at TakeOver, fully loaded? Both men nod immediately. Well, looks like the invitations to battle have all been accepted. So here's the thing, gentlemen. TakeOver, fully loaded. The flock versus the Wyatt family. Raven's rules. See you boys on the battlefield. <laughs> Follow the buzzards. So... On Saturday, the Go Home Show, uh, the Go Home Alpha, Bray Wyatt and his family appear on the screen. Wyatt is sitting in his chair. Raven, I want to make something clear for you. Because I feel like my mission statement may have fallen on deaf ears. But maybe I wasn't speaking the same language. Raven, I don't hate you. I hate what you stand for. I hate religion. I hate blind followers. I hate manipulators. I hate those that seek to be all-powerful. I hate oppressors. I hate oppression. So I've made it my mission and the mission of my family to eradicate oppression from this planet. We're just starting with you. And we won't stop until we take every boot off the throats of the helpless people around the globe. We aren't fighting for personal satisfaction. We're fighting for justice for those that can't fight for it themselves. And we won't stop until we take the head of every oppressor. Follow the buzzards. Later that night, Raven is seen in the rafters of... Um, the takeover fully loaded arena. It's empty aside from Raven and his flock. Tomorrow night, I will lead the flock to the ring to dispose of the Wyatt family once and for all. Wyatt, there's a lot to be said about where we dwell. Take myself, for example. Do you ever wonder why I take fledglings of the flock to the rafters? I want to evaluate. I want to elevate their perspective to make it easier to elevate their mindset. From above, we get a raven's eye view. We see the playing board of life very clearly. I see every possible move. I see every possible scenario. That is why I see the truth. When I bring my fledglings to the rafters, I make my first move in showing them the truth. Now let's use you as an example. We have only ever seen you in the shadows, which I think makes just as much sense. You stay in the shadows because you want to be kept in the dark. You stay in the shadows because you're afraid of the truth. You stay in the shadows because you're afraid of what you will see once you open your eyes. Tomorrow night, I will drag you and your family into the light. I will bring you and your family to the truth. And I will use it to break your spirits and conquer your minds. You are walking onto my battlefield, Wyatt. Raven's rules benefits one man and one man only. You led your men to slaughter. And I lead mine to salvation. So riddle me this, Bray Wyatt. What will you tell your family once they see the truth has set them free? Quoth the raven, nevermore. All right, so now on to the match. Start with the fits. <coughs> Test and Bruiser Brody come out with black tank top, white pants, and black boots. Bray Wyatt has a white hat. A black leather apron, black tank top, white pants, black boots, black hand wrap on his left hand, and then a black and white leather glove on his right. So, like, the parts where he would do the mandible claw is white. Um, and he's carrying a lantern with that's, like, Raven's face out to the ring. Um, for the flock, uh, <coughs> Al Snow and Brian Pillman come out with black tights with white designs and white boots. 
And then Raven comes out with a black leather kilt, black biker shorts, black boots, black elbow pads, and knee pads, and then black paint lines under his eyes and down the center of his forehead, and then truth written in black paint on his chest. Who just popped? Okay. There's two two Johns. Um, all right. So <clears throat> for the match, uh, Raven's flock and, his, and the White family stare at each other from across the ring. White smiles and laughs at the Raven's flock. Raven is infuriated and steps to the center and demands White to step up as well. Uh, White saunters to the center of the ring, smiles galore. As soon as he reaches the center of the ring, Snow and Pillman join their leader in the center, as well followed by uh, Brody and Tess flanking Wyatt. The six men are jabbering back and forth until Pillman and Snow try to attack Brody Wyatt, and all six men start brawling. Um, so th- I'm just going to do the, the high spots. I'm not going to do every move in the match. Um, but there's a at some point, there's a Russian leg sweep into the guardrail from Raven to Bray Wyatt. Um, Al Snow hits a diving leg drop onto a steel chair onto Bray Wyatt. Brian Pillman hits a springboard lariat to take down Bruiser Brody. Um, Test hits a full Nelson slam from the ring to the outside uh, on Brian Pillman. (coughs) Uh, Running leg drop off the steel steps from Bruiser Brody to Brian Pillman. Uh, Release suplex off the apron through a table uh, from Bray Wyatt to Brian Pillman. Spear through the barricade from Bray Wyatt to Brian Pillman. I didn't realize Brian Pillman was getting his ass beat like this this many times in a row. Falcon Arrow off the barricade uh, to the concrete floor from Tess to Brian Pillman. Gut wrench uh, falling powerbomb off the apron to the outside onto a trash can from Tess to Al Snow. Drop toe hold onto an open steel chair from Raven to Bruiser Brody. Springboard moonsault onto a trash can from Al Snow to Bruiser Brody. Uh, powerbomb off the arena tunnel. Uh, through a ladder from Bray Wyatt to Raven. Avalanche uh, Fireman's Carry Cutter to the outside from Tess to Al Snow. Uranagi onto a trash can from Bray Wyatt to Al Snow. A diving elbow drop off a ladder in the ring through the announce table from Tess to Al Snow. Bulldog onto thumbtacks from Raven to Bray Wyatt. Head scissors take down off the Travitron through a table from Brian Pillman to Bruiser Brody. Raven effect DDT onto the electrical components from uh, Bray Wyatt, from Raven to Bray Wyatt. So when he does this, he hits the um, the Raven effect, and then it's like an explosion of like electrical stuff. You know what I mean? You know how they do that sometimes. Um, tornado DDT off the ladder from Brian Pillman to test a vertical suplex power slam onto the concrete floor from Bruiser Brody to Al Snow. Pile driver onto a setup steel chair from Bruiser Brody to Raven. Uh, superplex from Bray Wyatt to Raven through a flaming table, and then the sister Abigail from Bray Wyatt to Raven for the pin and the win. The Wyatt family wins. I want to go first. And okay. I want to give you $5. Let's uh, fucking go. I, <coughs> you, you, it was lengthy, but you wrote a master class on promos there. I, it's ungoddamn deniable. Um, you a lot of times sometimes when you write promos the devil's in the details but it was not it was perfect thank you even hate i'm gonna give you a five two the only critique i would have with the promos is there were points where it got kind of american dreamish um because his accent was slipping but yeah probably um yeah (laughs) something i do well with the common man and stuff like that, it probably was a mix of your accent slipping and that part. But yeah, I'm going to give you a five. <laughs> so 
I Sorry. felt like the the Raven promos weren't Raven promos as much as they were, as they were Travi T promos. Okay. Um, but that's not your fault. That's how you write. But well, can you explain I, that? Because I don't. Uh, I, I so they the didn't, to me, they didn't. It didn't sound. They didn't seem like you had the catchphrases in there, but I just felt like they sounded more like Travis than they sounded like Raven. Okay. Like I've heard you promo. That that was okay. You promoing with a Raven, uh, undertone. Yeah, with. with it, it, it was like you ghost wrote for Raven and then told Raven, all right, give it, do this cadence. <laughs> and this, Fair enough. It was you. Uh, I That was just a nitpick. That's not going to hit your score or anything. So I'm going to okay. also give you a five. A... I'll give, give you a five as well. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. I'm the right team one. Thank you. I, I, I tried. I went back and forth. Uh, <coughs> I was a little worried that you guys were going to say that the right team didn't win. No, you so. you just introduced the Wyatt family. They should have gone over here. You can I continue the feud, but if you choose to. But um, so next match. So the first week of Rebellion, uh, Jamie Noble makes Takamichinoku tap to the trailer hitch in just under nine minutes. Then on Alpha that week, Jamie Noble and Jay Briscoe have a hard-hitting brawl. Um, lasting 12 minutes, it sees Jamie Noble get the roll-up victory on Jay Briscoe after the Monarchy music hits and distracts Jay Briscoe. Um, later that night, Daniel Bryan has a promo. <coughs> so Daniel Bryan walks out to the ring uh, to close the show with an ad. With a... Hold on, I'm sorry. Daniel Bryan walks out to the ring to close the show with to address to his fan. I don't know what the fuck I was trying to say. At TakeOver Seek and Destroy, I was faced with one of the toughest challenges of my title reign when I was put against one, <laughs> not one, but two men. But in the end, did I rise to the challenge and beat both Hushin Liger and uh, Jamie Noble on the same night? And the crowd starts chanting yes. And Daniel Bryan joins him in the yes chance before continuing his promos. I did exactly what I said I would. And I proved once again that I am the best cruiserweight in the world today. But I'm not the only, I'm not only the best cruiserweight in the world today. I'm the best wrestler on planet Earth today. Hey. Shell Benjamin, you won the world title last Sunday. Now, what do you say? You put it on the line against me, man to man, champion versus champion. The crowd's going crazy with yes chance, but the chance are cut short when music fills the arena. It's, but it's not Shelton Benjamin's. Jamie Noble walks out from the curtain and starts dressing down Daniel Bryan. Danny, you beat you did beat that illegal alien Justin Tiger, but you ain't beat me, boy. See, I would have broke me broke the submission up, but I thought it was an elimination match. The lamestream media told me a crock of lies and got me confused. Now all I'm hearing is fake news about how Danny Bryant beat Jamie Noble at Takeover Seek and Destroy. Now I hear you trying to leave the cruiserweight division just like all these other companies. Are leaving America to go overseas. Ah, ah. They don't sit right with me. So I took the liberty of taking talking to old Travi T back there. And you know what we came up with? Danny Bryant versus the redneck Messiah Jamie Noble for the Cruiserweight Championship. So you've been sitting at home not doing nothing since last Sunday, and I've been out here winning. So until you beat by God Jamie Noble, then you ain't the best wrestler on this here planet. 
I'll see you next Friday on Rebellion when I make you tap out to the trailer hitch and take that Cruiserweight Championship off your hands. What's the trailer hitch again? Like, what uh, movie is it? It's a, um, fuck. It's a, I want to say it's an SEO, but I want to make okay. sure of that. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. <laughs> I just can't remember what it actually is. Also, this is the best accent you've done. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sorry. It's a modified figure four. Okay. So, Rebellion the next week. Daniel Bryan versus Jamie Noble. Uh, they have a classic 30-minute match on Rebellion. Towards the end of the match, Daniel Bryan sets up for the Busaiku knee. As Noble rises to his feet, uh, Bryan rushes towards him, but Noble throws the ref in front of him, and Bryan nails the referee with the Busaiku knee. Bryan can't believe what has just happened. He tries to wake the referee up. The ref is out cold. Brian puts his hands on his head in his pure, like, out of pure astonishment. He's like, <sighs> at the situation. As Brian turns around to the center of the ring, Jamie Noble smacks him with the cruiserweight title square in the face. Jamie Noble hits Brian with pay dirt onto the title belt. Brian is bloodied and unconscious at this point. Noble tosses the cruiserweight title out of the ring and shakes the referee awake. Jamie Noble covers Daniel Bryan, gets the one, two, three. Daniel, Jamie, uh, Jamie Noble is the new cruiserweight champion. Jamie Noble flees the ring immediately, grabbing the title and hightailing it up the ramp. Before he can escape the arena, however, Travis T walks on the stage with a microphone in his hands. We are not ending a championship match that way, and we're damn sure not ending one of the most historic title reigns that way. Jamie Noble, you lose via disqualification. That title belongs to Daniel Bryan. The only thing you get that you're getting is a one-week suspension. Travis T snatches the, from- <laughs> snatches the title from Jamie Noble and walks to walks to the ring to hand it to Daniel Bryan while Jamie Noble <laughs> makes a scene on the ramp. Uh, so the next Travis on- sucks. Travis <laughs> sucks. <laughs> uh, the next week on Rebellion, uh, after Jamie Noble's back, <coughs> he's seen in uh, Travis C's office throwing a fit about last week. I beat him fair and square. That's my title. You stripped me of my win. You stripped me of my title. You gave me a one-week suspension without pay. How in the hell am I supposed to pay my lot rent at the trailer park? My house might get repoed now. I demand another title shot at TakeOver Fully Loaded. Before Travis can respond, Daniel Bryan walks in. Jamie, you don't deserve a third shot at my belt, but I am the definition of a fighting champion. And on top of that, I want to hurt you. So I'll give you a shot, but not a singles match. Travi, I want you to find as many cruiserweights as you can. I want you to bring them into PDC so I can be each and every single one of them to prove that I am the best in the world. And I'm damn sure better than you, Jamie Noble. Travi T claps his hands together and smiles. Daniel, it's exactly what I was thinking. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, you will defend your title against not just Jamie Noble, but a total of eight men. And you will do it in a match that extends the cruiserweight division better than any other. Daniel Bryan, you will defend your title in the in an Elevation X match against Jamie Noble, Mike Quackenbush, Billy Kidman, Matt Seidel, Matt Cross, Ultimo Dragon, Tyson Kidd, and Santos Escobar. As a matter of fact, how about we introduce some of these gentlemen here tonight in a couple of singles matches? Daniel Bryan versus Santos Escobar and Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman. So Jamie Noble and Billy Kidman are up first. They have a fast-paced back-and-forth match. Jamie Noble locks in the trailer hitch. <coughs> but Jamie, Daniel Bryan's music hit, and Daniel rushes out to the ring. Jamie Noble breaks the hold and prepares himself to fight Bryan, but just before Bryan hits the ring, he stops. Jamie Noble looks confused and jumps on the middle rope, leaning over the top, and yells out to Bryan. Billy Kidman hits uh, Daniel 
or hits Jamie Noble with his schoolboy pin for the win after a nine-minute match. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Santos Escobar have a back-and-forth 18-minute match. Towards the end of the match, Jamie Noble sneaks through the crowd, then uh, pulls the referee out onto the floor. Noble and Bryan start brawling, and Noble smacks Bryan's head into the steel post. Noble then grabbed the cruiserweight title and rolled into the ring. Noble climbs to the top rope and taunts with the belt, uh, yelling out to the crowd that he is the true champion. Noble drops off the top rope and backs to the center of the ring, eventually bumping into Santos Escobar. Escobar and Noble draw back and forth uh, before Noble tries to hit him with the belt. Santos ducks under the belt and hits uh, Noble with a phantom driver. Santos then throws Noble out of the ring. As he turns around, he's nailed with a busaiku knee from Daniel Bryan. Bryan goes for the pin, and the referee crawls in and makes the count. After the match, Daniel Bryan tries to shake uh, Santos's hand, but Santos smacks his hand away and leaves. Um, the next uh, week on Livewire, we get Mike Quackenbush versus Ultimo Dragon in a singles match. Uh, they have a great nine-minute match. The match ends after Mike Quackenbush reverses an Asai DDT into a Quacken Driver 2 for the pin and the win. <coughs> uh, that Friday on Rebellion... Uh, Diamond Dallas Page walks into Travi T's office and convinces him to allow his new, newest protege to be added to the Elevation X match. Travi T agrees as a favor to Dallas and announces an eight-man tag match for later tonight, pitting Ultimo Dragon, Billy Kidman, Matt Seidel, and DDP's protege Scott Justice against Mike Quackenbush, Matt Cross, Santos Escobar, and Tyson Kidd. Uh, so the match, the eight cruiserweights tear the house down. Billy Kidman gets the win for his team, hitting Matt Cross with a shooting star press for the pin and the win. Uh after the like later on in the night, Billy Kidman seen walking to his car when out of nowhere Jamie Noble attacks him with a crowbar. Noble smashes the crowbar uh, over the back of Kidman's head, and before smashing the crowbar into the ribs of Billy Kidman over ten times, Jamie Noble laughs before saying, "You want to make me look like a fool, Kidman? Well, now who's the fool? Let's see if you can make it to take over fully loaded with broken freaking ribs." Noble takes the crowbar to Kidman's ribs another handful of times before throwing the crowbar down and walking off uh, camera as. Kidman rises on the ground. So, time for the match. <coughs> As always, we'll start with the fits. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out with Seattle Mariners inspired gear with metallic silver trunks with a northwest green and royal blue accents, green and blue elbow, pa- elbow and knee pads, and then metallic silver blue- boots with blue and green accents. Scott Justice comes out wearing NSW Blues inspired gear, so he's wearing dark blue tights with light blue lightning bolt designs. Uh, light blue elbow and knee pads, light blue boots, dark blue leather vest with light blue uh, lightning bolt designs with his face and the prodigal son written in white on the back. Excuse me. Um, Ultima Dragon comes out with Shinron inspired gear. He's wearing lime green colored gear with teal red and at tan accents. <coughs> Jamie Noble comes out with camo cargo shorts, brown steel toed work boots, black knee, knee and elbow pads. Uh, Tyson Kidd is wearing white gear with red accents. Matt Seidel is wearing euphoric-like gear with orange, blue, green, purple, pink, and yellow. Uh, Mike Quackenbush comes out with Spawn-inspired gear. So he's wearing a black sleeveless bodysuit with white accents with a removable hood with Spawn's face on it. Um, White elbow pads and black boots. Matt Cross comes out with black trunks with white skull and crossbones, black boots, black knee pads. Santos Escobar is wearing orange trunks with green and white accents. Orange elbow and knee pads with green and white accents, and then orange uh, boots with green and white accents. And finally, out comes uh, Billy Kidman with a white wife beater, jean shorts, black boots, black knee pads, and elbow pads, and of course, taped ribs because his ribs are broken. 
So, um, spots double underhook power bomb onto the apron from Jamie Noble to Ultimo Dragon. A sunset flip transitioned into a rope hung Boston Crab from Matt Cross to Jamie Noble. While he's in this position, Daniel Bryan lights him up with yes kicks. Uh, Matt Seidel hits Daniel Bryan with a double helix. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, cartwheel into an over the top uh, top rope corkscrew senton from Matt Cross on the Tyson Kid, Scott Justice, Santos Escobar, and Mike Quackenbush. Um, Scott Justice hits Matt Seidel with a super kick, followed by a one-winged angel on the structure. Um, Matt Cross hits a shooting star DDT to the outside on Billy Kidman. Uh, Daniel Bryan hits uh, Tyson Kidd with a kitchen sink knee on top of the structure. Uh, suicide dive off the structure to the outside from Santos Escobar onto Tyson Kidd, Billy Kidman, Ultima Dragon, and Matt Seidel. Uh, a BK bomb on the structure from Billy Kidman to Mike Quackenbush. Uh, here it is, driver off the apron onto the floor from Matt Seidel to Jamie Noble. Uh, turnbuckle fireman's carry gut buster from Santos Escobar to Ultima Dragon. Sunset flip power bomb off the apron onto the barricade from Tyson Kidd to Daniel Bryan. Uh, Quacken driver, which is a standing iconoclasm from Mike Quackenbush to Daniel Bryan. A structure hung figure four leg lock from uh, Tyson Kidd to Matt Seidel. So he has his like, legs wrapped throughout the structure and he's holding them as the guy's like hanging upside down in the figure four um shooting star press off the structure from billy kidman and matt cross to jamie noble and scott justice so they like do a simultaneous shooting star press frog splash splash off the structure from santos escobar to matt cross reverse pile driver on the structure from jamie noble to scott justice um Daniel Bryan's going to go for a German suplex, but Tyson Kidd grabs Daniel Bryan and hits a double German suplex on Daniel Bryan and Jamie Noble off of the structure. Um, Tombstone pile driver onto the concrete floor from Ultimo Dragon to Tyson Kidd. Diamond death cutter off the structure from Scott Justice to Mike Quackenbush. Um, Ultimo Dragon and Daniel Bryan are hanging on the structure trying to get the X, but uh, Daniel Bryan starts hitting yes kicks to Ultimo Dragon while they hang eventually making him fall off. Um, Half-hatch suplex into the steel ring post from Daniel Bryan to Matt Cross. Dragon bomb on the structure from Ultimo Dragon to Billy Kidman, followed by an Acai DDT off the structure from Ultimo Dragon to Billy Kidman. Uh, suicide, di suicide diving somersault senton from Jamie Noble onto Billy Kidman, Mike Quackenbush, and Santos Escobar. Avalanche Frankensteiner off the structure to the outside and through two tables stacked on top of one another from Santos Escobar to Scott Justice. Uh, QD2, which is the cross-legged reverse pile driver from Mike Quackenbush to Tyson Kidd. A diving leg drop off the structure to the outside and through a table from Jamie Noble to Daniel Bryan. Death from above, corkscrew 450 splash off the structure from Matt Cross to Matt Seidel. Rolling stampede off the structure from Tyson Kidd to Santos Escobar. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, hooks his legs into the structure and locks in a guillotine on Jamie Noble and then hangs like so almost like a like a revert like as if Jamie Noble had him in a um for up for a suplex but he's hanging from the structure and he's got him in a chokehold and like he's literally hanging him from the structure power bomb from the ring to the outside from Jamie Noble to Matt Cross springboard Frankensteiner off the structure from Tyson Kidd to uh Scott Justice Dragon suplex on the steel steps from Ultimo Dragon to 
Matt Seidel, a moonsault plancha off the structure to the outside from Matt Seidel to Ultimate Dragon, Matt Cross, Tyson Kidd, and Jamie Noble, a QD3, which is a spinning modified fisherman driver from Matt Quackenbush to Ultimo Dragon, structure hung DDT off the ladder, so he's got him his feet like on the the structure like they would be on the ropes, and he's on the ladder uh, from shit. Where was I at? Sorry, from Jamie Noble to Matt Quackenbush. Kreutz Wrath off the structure from Scott Justice to Daniel Bryan. Inverted suplex on the structure from Billy Kidman to Ultimo Dragon. Avalanche BK Bomb off the structure from Billy Kidman to Mike Quackenbush. Acai Moonsault to the outside from Ultimo Dragon onto Matt Cross, Daniel Bryan, Mike Quackenbush, and Santos Escobar. Tiger Driver 91 off the structure from Mike Quackenbush to Matt Seidel. Uh, knee Block off the structure from Santos Escobar to Jamie Noble. Kid Crusher off the barricade onto the concrete floor from uh, Billy Kidman to Daniel Bryan. A Cyclorama off the structure to the concrete floor from Matt Seidel to Ultimo Dragon. Uh, Busaiku Knee. So Santo Escobar is hanging, trying to grab the title from the centerpiece. Like he's hanging on the where the X beams come across and he's got the title hanging here. He's trying to take the title off. And <coughs> Daniel Bryan runs across the top of the platform and dives down and hits him with a diving Busaiku Knee. Um, and then a diamond cutter from Scott Justice to Mike Quackenbush on top of the structure. And then Scott Justice takes the title down, and he is your new cruiserweight champion. Who is? Scott Justice. Okay, I'm going to be honest. You went from a 5 down to a 3.5 because the wrong person won. Okay. Absolutely. And the whole story built was built around Jamie Newell. I didn't even Roll. realize Scott Justice was in it until the match started. I don't know where um, I missed it, but he, he had a whole pre- segment he, for himself. I missed it. He, he I missed. The, I missed you say it was him. It, it was he was the <coughs> game for DDP, but it was just like a oh yeah he's in there kind of thing. Uh yeah, Jamie Noble should have won this match. Uh, prime time screwing Jamie Noble again. <laughs> uh, Three point five. Okay. Jamon's nicer than me. I'm at a two. Okay. Um. I'm not gonna you have any much. you have any criticism? No, before I, I, I mean no, I you can't just give me a two Demone, say. I, I agree with Demone says. Uh, so if, I, if I, so if Jamie Noble would have won, it was a five. If so Jamie Noble would have won, off. I probably would have been closer to like a four four point five. Uh I felt like there was something missing. I know I say this, but I felt I like say, that there doesn't was help something. though. It's not it's I not, I understand. There's, there's no there was, value there to was, the listener. For either. me, there was there was entertainment, but there's no umph. Uh okay. It, there was just no umph. Like it was, it was, like, yeah. I mean, I, I found it entertaining, but it would have definitely been, a, you know, it would have been something that I would have watched and been like, all right, that this happened. That was that was all right. What's next? Um, <laughs> Fair I don't know. I'm just at a two. It just, I, I didn't. I, again, I didn't realize Scott. I know you said there was a segment, but somehow I missed you even saying that, and I was more focused on Jamie Noble. That's um, fair. It, it felt like it was his his to win, but yeah, I'm 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 at a two. I, right? I feel like it's a bit of an overreaction to the outcome. I I don't agree with the outcome because, like they said, the whole story is built around Jamie Noble, Daniel Bryan, and I get the surprise aspect. I I, I might have I might have not to like I know you're about to grade me, so I'm not trying to be a dick, but I might have pulled a John here. And... You did. You, yeah. <laughs> you, did, you did exactly. This is the John Morrison instead of Keith Lee moment. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. It happens. Uh, so I'm not going to take away too much. Uh, um, 
The match also, and this is going to be also weird coming from me, felt a little bit overbooked. Okay. Um, and normally, I don't believe there's a such thing as that, but there was a lot going yeah, on. It's, and, well, the match is supposed to be like 45 minutes. I have a question. How many people did you say in the match? Ten. Yeah, let's well, see. Because I was, I, I thought you had said like a lot of people. I was gonna make sure I, I heard. Yeah, yeah. Also, There's also, ten people in the match. So that way, that these spots make sense. So like, while people are selling, other people can be in the ring, wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do that's think a, that's in terms lot. of card placement, this and the previous match should have switched places. Okay. Because second, because like, I don't, I don't know. That's just a nitpicky thing. I'm gonna give this a three point five. I don't think it deserves all the hate it got, um, <laughs> but it's not perfect. I hate, you I, I only you, hated you, the result. Yeah, but he said he you, when you were walking away, you weren't there. He said that he doesn't believe that it deserve it warrants the the takeaway you gave it that you and Mike gave it. Like Mike went from saying he would have given it a four or four point five to a two, and you went from a five to a three point five. I would have given it either a 4 or 4.25. It was still a little bit overbooked. Um, yeah, that's It fair. took a story about two people and added eight for no reason, and the card placement was weird. That's fair. Yeah. I I I wouldn't have gave it a 4 or a 5, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I think the <laughs> wrong person won. I, no, I mean, Always I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to be a dick. I just feel like the wrong person won. I do feel like 10 people in a match is a lot of people to do that with for this kind of match. I feel like it was, and then I understand you're trying to do these spots, but it just didn't work for this kind of feud. And I think just like how they said with um, Daniel Bryan and what's his name? Jamie Noble. Jamie Noble. Can I make his name for a second? Yeah, those two, those were the, the main points of the feud. So I feel like if anything, maybe you could have did what I did and have because I did I did the same thing, but I had it with four people, and you did it over, way over than I did, <laughs> and it was penalized. I was penalized the same for that. But I just feel like I feel like it didn't warrant that to have all those people in there. I feel like that over, overshadowed it, so we didn't really get to see these two go at it like we should have. And yeah, it, I don't know for for Daniel Bryan to lose the title like that. I don't, I'm not really feeling that as well either. So, yeah. Okay. So, I, so that's why I also gave it a two as well. I think this was, I think I wasn't really a fan of the promos either. I think Demi Noble was funny, but other than that, that was really it promo wise. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I gave it a solid two. Gotcha. I just okay. like kind of like explain why there was that big of a drop. Not only it's the fact that um, Scott just, just fell out of the blue. Like, like you said before, the story was Daniel Bryan and Jamie Noble. And Jamie Noble winning the title here by not actually, like, pinning Daniel Bryan would have made sense. And you could have kept that feud going. Um, it just feels like, I said, Scott Justice feels random. It feels like when, um, like, in the tag team book of verse where John had this going one direction and just veered for no reason. Yeah, he said I, that. I like that. You, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you veered for no reason. So, I will say, I'll say this, that... I'll, I'll hold my L on this. Like I, my everything you're critiquing me for was on purpose. So like I'll I'll take the the loss on that. I in my eyes, Jamie Noble is more so just like a comedy thing to get like get this sparked. Mm-hmm. And it, it really wasn't. Well, he's like over a, as a real threat though. I I get it. 
I, I hear that. I see that now, but I don't. I didn't. I didn't see it before. I told I guess, you that well, before. You should have looked at it the last. I don't blame you. Sorry to roast you more, but you should have looked at his <laughs> last match. Like even though I didn't love his gimmick, and I, I was the sole hater on that. That match got fours. And well, th- I I I gave, and that's why he was. He wasn't originally in this match. Yeah. When I when I made my plans originally, he wasn't here. I added him because you guys liked him. Well, you didn't, but they did. Just, yeah, yeah. I thought of him more as a comedy guy than than to be like the guy to dethrone Daniel Bryan, and that's my help. And I really wanted I wanted the like Scott Justice is coming in and like as a protege to Daniel or to Daniel Bryan to Diamond Dallas Page and like. He shocks the world and wins in his pay per view. If you were gonna do that, I feel like you did more build to that because it Probably, was kind of yeah. just thrown in. Oh, he's the protege at DDP, by the way. Yeah. This is like if John Cena, in like ruthless aggression form, had won the world title. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um. So on Livewire, the first week, uh. Sarah Del Rey is out, brought out to the oh, ring, hell. sitting in her throne as her Chippendale has <laughs> servants carry her. It's an all hell. <laughs> carry her. Shayna Baszler and Lay Cool walk behind them. <clears throat> oh, it just keeps getting worse. Sarah grabs a microphone and speaks to the crowd. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. The queen of professional wrestling has arrived. You all thought that the great Manami Toyota was going to take the crown, but just as I foresaw... Everyone submits to the queen. I knew that Toyota couldn't beat me because I am the best. I am smart. I am strong. I am fast. I am powerful. I am worthy. I, I am important. Am the greatest like woman some, alive. Like, affirmation shit they say in the mirror. <laughs> That's exactly I was gonna what say, it is. I'm every woman. It's all in me. She's a lunatic. <laughs> she. I, I established this last show. So like this is just like this isn't really like say anything because i said it last show she's literally like a lunatic trying to convince herself of her own delusions so like she's literally shouting out affirmations at the crowd like she's lost her fucking mind yeah um i am the greatest woman alive you look into this ring and what you see is the most beautiful woman you ever saw in your life but trust me boys there's a whole lot more to me than the beauty you see i am everything that these bimbos in the crowd wish they could be i am gorgeous i am tough i am athletic i am intelligent all of you women in the crowd are none of those things you're dumb you're weak you're ugly you're cheap disgusting little whores (coughs) yes mommy (laughs) the crowd pours booze onto the women's world champion speaking of cheap disgusting little whores let's talk about the ptc women's division after seeing what i did to get the title what I did to Nikki Bella, after what I've done to keep this title, seeing what I did to Io Shirai and my very own best friend, Manami Toyota. Who do you think can step up to the plate to challenge the greatest specimen to ever walk this planet? Who? Angelina Love? Please. Is Brie Mode going to come out to adventure, sister? God, even I don't want you to have to endure seeing her wrestle. And I hate you guys. Travi, there's nobody in the locker room that can hang with the queen. And spoiler alert, there never will be. <coughs> so, that night on Rebellion, um, or that Friday on Rebellion, sorry. 
Uh, Laycool beats two local talents in a three-minute tag team match before the show cuts to commercial. Uh, after the commercial break, Sarah Del Rey is in the ring with a microphone. I am fierce. I am strong. I am beautiful. That's why you boo me. I am the woman every single one of you have what what every single one of you men have wet dreams about. I am the woman that each of you women wish you could emulate. I don't blame you. If I wasn't the greatest woman alive, I would hate the woman who is. Eventually, however, you all have to play the hand that you're dealt. Unfortunately for you, you were dealt a three and a five because you were dealt to be nobodies. Nameless faces when the, where the highlight of your life is when this camera flashes past your face and you get three seconds on national TV booing a once-in-a-lifetime specimen like myself. You live your whole lives just to experience the aura of a woman like me. Maybe I'll make your lives worth it and take one of you on for this Women's World Championship. Or maybe I'll just sit in the crowd and watch the show with all of you mouth breathers. Either way, it will be the brightest night of any of your insignificant little lives. So the next week on Livewire, <coughs> Sarah Del Rey and Shayna Baszler face off with Manami Toyota and Natalya Nightheart in an 18-minute tag team match. Uh, Sarah Del Rey cracks Manami Toyota with the championship belt and gets her team disqualified. And then the Royal Guard jumps uh, Toyota and Nightheart. That week on Alpha, Sarah Del Rey is carried to the ring by her male servants with the Royal Guard flanking her. Sarah grabs the microphone and speaks to the crowd. I am fierce. I am strong. I am beautiful. I am the PTC Women's World Champion, and I am generous. I want to extend an offer to any woman alive that has never wrestled a match here in PTC to walk down that ramp at TakeOver Fully Loaded and be the next woman to submit to the queen. It could be anyone. Maybe it'll be a champion from another company. Maybe ODB will show up with a couple of Big Macs. Maybe Tessa Blanchard will take her hood off and show up to wrestle. Maybe Tony Storm will show up to get her arm broken. Maybe it'll be one of you here tonight. One of you in that crowd could get a chance to walk out to this ring and feel the same pressure that Nikki Bella, Io Shirai, Manami Toyota, and so many others have felt. But it doesn't matter who it is. Because no matter the woman, they all submit to the queen. As she finishes her sentence, Diamond Dallas Page's voice booms across the arena. Bang! Then Smells Like Teen Spirit plays over the speakers and out walks Diamond Dallas Page. <coughs> Paige walks to the ring, but the male servants stand between him and the ring, preventing him from entering. Sarah smirks and looks confused before talking to Paige. Diamond Dallas Page, what the hell are you doing here? Paige smiles and laughs before saying, I'm here to open answer that open challenge you just announced. Sarah cackles before saying, Dallas, I don't know if you know this, but I'm the women's world champion. Now, I know for a fact that I could get your old ass to submit to the queen just as the same as I could anybody else, but I don't think that would be fair to all these women out here competing for a shot at me. Paige laughs and says, no, 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 Sarah. I'm not answering on behalf of myself. I'm answering on behalf of her. Paige puts his thumb back, pointing to the stage. DDP's music hits and out walks an unknown woman. Sarah tells the male servants to let DDP and this woman into the ring. Sarah Del Rey looks amused that this woman is out here. Please tell me who the hell are you? The woman grabs the microphone, looks around to the crowd, then back to Paige, who nods to her in improvement and improvement. 
The woman steps up nose to nose with Sarah Del Rey. My name is Kaya March. K-A-I-A March like the month. And I'm the woman that is going to put you down for the count and pry that title away from you. Sarah Del Rey looks furious before bursting into a fit of laughter with the rest of her royal guard. (coughs) Dallas, you were hilarious bringing this carny trash out to my ring. Honey, I'm going to show you what it means to be the best in the world to take over Fully Loaded. When S-A-R-A marches all over you till you tap out because we both know you don't belong in this ring with me. Kyrie March shouts, you're on, to, you're on to Sarah Del Rey, but Sarah stops her. Before you get a shot at my title, you need to earn it. Tuesday Night Livewire, K-A-I-A, March like the month, marches through a gauntlet against the Royal Guard. You must beat Layla, Michelle McCool, and Shayna Baszler. If, and that's a monumental if, you can get through the t- three toughest women on this roster outside of myself. Then I will make you regret walking out here tonight to defy the queen of professional wrestling. The next week on Livewire, Kaya March and Layla have a fairly competitive match, and Kaya puts her away with the V-trigger after nine minutes. Directly after the commercial break, Kaya March and Michelle McCool have their match. Excuse me. McCool uh, controls the most almost entirely as... <coughs> The match almost entirely, but as she goes for the Faith Breaker, March is able to reverse it and hit a K-trigger on, for the pin in the win after nine minutes. Instantly after Mich- the Michelle McCool match, Shayna Baszler rolls in and starts dominating March. Shayna Baszler spins the match trying to embarrass March, not allowing her to do anything. She teases the ace of spades, but as she goes for it, Natalia's music hit and Natalia runs out. Shayna gets distracted and is standing on the middle rope, screaming at Natty. March capitalizes on the distraction, hitting an avalanche destino from the middle rope for the pin in the win over Shannon Baszler after a 15-minute match. <coughs> um, on Rebellion that week, Baszler and Del Rey face off against March and Neidhart in a tag team match, lasting 21 minutes. The match ends after Kaya March hits Sarah Del Rey with a K-trigger, bicycle knee to prevent her from breaking the pinfall from Natty on Shayna. Um... Next week on Livewire, Kaya March and Io Shirai have a very competitive match that ends after 11 minutes when Kaya hits Io with a K-trigger for the pin. Um, immediately after the match, Sarah Del Rey comes out on the stage with the Royal Guard. Kaya, congratulations. Truly, congratulations. I know how tough it is to defeat Io Shirai, but it's nothing compared to facing me. What are you going to do when Diamond Dallas Page can't use his name to win you the title? What are you going to do when Natalia Neidhart can't win you the title? What are you going to do when in the end it's just me and you in the ring and you've run out of tricks and now you drown in the deepest waters you've ever seen? How do you plan to spend the last seconds of your 15 minutes of fame? Because after takeover fully loaded, I will remove, I will remove you from the equation and place you right back into obscurity. <coughs> Kaya grabs a mic to respond. Sarah, what are you going to do when a nobody takes your belt? We've all seen what that K-Trigger can do. I needed to hit it one time, and your lights go out. Just like they did last night on Rebellion. Sarah, I promise you two things. After TakeOver Fully Loaded, I will be the PTC Women's World Champion, and you will respect the name K-A-I-A March, like the month. Uh, Natalia Knight on Rebellion, the Go Home Rebellion, Natalia Nightheart faces off against Kaya March in a singles match. Lasting 18 minutes, the end of the match sees the Natty catch and reverse the V-Trigger into a sharpshooter before the match reaches its ultimate climax. However, the Royal Guard hits the ring with chairs in hand and lay waste to the babyfaces in the ring. 
the four women stand in the ring posing over the bodies of Natalia Neidhart and Kaya March. So time for the fits. Starting with Kaya March, she comes out wearing a light blue denim vest, black tights with leopard print accents, black boots, and a leopard print top with black designs. Um, <coughs> Sarah Del Rey comes out wearing her regular gear uh, with royal blue and silver for the colors. So the match, uh, they start with <clears throat> start with a test of strength, uh, and Del Rey wins and, and locks in a wrist lock and then follows up with a shoot kick. She then does an arm twist and then hook, hits her with a hook kick, followed by an arm drag. Uh, I'm sorry. Then March reverses her and hit, reverses Del Rey and hits an arm drag. I'm sorry. Uh, followed by a hip toss from March and then a, a monkey flip. Uh, Del Rey counters back with a push kick, followed by an Abisa Gire, um, and then hits a rope assisted rapid fire chest kicks to March followed by an axe kick flurry to, to her clavicles and skull. Del Rey then hits March with a spike pile driver for a two count. Um, Kaya March follows up with a head scissors and then a basement drop kick followed by an enziguri and a DDT. <coughs> Kaya March goes for, a D, or goes for a suplex and is blocked by Del Rey, and then Del Rey hits her own suplex, followed by a royal butterfly for a two count. Del Rey hits a power bomb and then hits a but keeps a hold of the of the power bomb and then lifts her up for a deadlift release power bomb. She then locks in the Amaplata crossface on Kaya March, but Kaya gets to the ropes to force the rope break. Um, Kaya March hits the back elbow uh, to Del Rey. She then Irish whips her into the corner, followed by a stinger splash and then a spinning forearm smash from March to Del Rey. Uh, Kaya March hits a um, Jawbreaker on to Del Rey, followed by a K trigger for a two and a half count. Uh, Del Rey hits Kaya March with a German suplex, followed by a Samoan drop, and then a bridging fallaway slam uh, for a two and a half count. Kaya March hits a bulldog and goes for the Destino, but it's reversed into an Amaplata crossface in the center of the ring, and eventually Kaya March is forced to tap out to Sarah Del Rey. All right, Travis. <laughs> what's my phrase? <laughs> what, what? Uh, what, you weren't mildly annoyed. You were flat out disgusted. Yes. <laughs> I hated everything about this. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, mark me down for my two my two quarters right there. All right. Wow. <laughs> I I like that Travis. I didn't like the promos. I didn't like the match. I didn't like the March, like the month shit. <laughs> I if like I would have done, the, if I would have had her on here without doing March, like the month, I would have gotten point fives anyway. So it don't matter. <laughs> well, we, I, we I got points for, for, for you. <laughs> I fought for the March, like the month, every time. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt by this. Wow. Quite it hurt my frankly, clavicles. Damn. It hurt my clavicles. <laughs> Quite frankly, <laughs> I'm depressed, and I live in Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame that on me. The city of depression? Uh. <laughs> oh, shit. What are you giving them? You gave me a yeah. point five. 
It's fifty cents. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> okay, I, I never I, heard all like that. I can't. Cents. I can't go to a five because that's insane. Um, yeah, that is insane. I did <laughs> so enjoy. I, I did enjoy it. Oh, shut up! Thank you, Damone. Wrong Red. person. Wrong Where? person won though. Kaya should have won the belt. Oh, oh okay. I think. So, I think uh, because Scott I actually, won. I actually Kaya agree with that. Won, but I don't think that. <laughs> that's the only I, reason I think. I don't think get no, this story over with. I don't think Scott should have won, but I think Kaya 100% should have well, won. Well, Scott did. John, did, hold on, John, did you say you agree with the moment that Kaya should have won? I do, because I want okay. Sarah Del Rey to be off my oh, screen. Yeah, no, not, not, not even anything to do with that, just the way you built it up. Because now you can't really do anything with Kaya because she immediately. This she is like, literally ruthless like, aggression, but worse. <laughs> so yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I saw it coming. Dude. I was dying over here. Uh, I didn't see it coming. A, it pissed me off. I'm gonna give you a three point three two five. Okay, appreciate that. Shut you know what? Up, Actually, make it a three point seven five because they hate him too hard. Thank you, Mike. What's up, <laughs> Mike? Can you give me at least a, like a one point five? This is better. This is better than Glacier. This is not better than Glacier. I don't, this is not, not better than Glacier. Also, I also agree. This is not better than Glacier. Give him a point five for even saying that. Don't, don't do Travis that. Didn't even say I'm, it. Not gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to. Travis because... didn't say it, but Travis did book this. I said this better. The Glacier's better. Don't don't give me a bad score for him. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I've been getting dogged for weeks about my, my women's booking. Hey, hey, hey. I didn't book a botch. <laughs> I didn't well, this booking is a botch, so. <laughs> I, I disagree. That, hey, that's a good I'm, one. I'm. I'm. Uh. I'm gonna go 1.5. Thank you. That's all and I want. The, the the and it's not a 0. 0.5 only because she's our she's on still on our cover art. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she hit that move. So she can hit all the moves you said. Is that like she can't? That's her move set. That's her right. fucking move set. So I like, literally I, asked her. I said, I said, what's your fucking move set? I'm at a 1.5. Like just like Scott <laughs> is very similar to. Kenny Omega. Scott like, was literally Kenny Omega with Diamond Dallas Page mixed together. Yeah. But yeah, Kaya should have won. If you had Kaya win, I would have given you a four. Alright, let's go to the next one because at 11.30 I've got a... Alright. <coughs> so, uh... First... Na- <coughs> Fuck. <coughs> Sorry, he has tuberculosis. I, I do. Um... <laughs> I thought it was bronchitis, but <laughs> the, the black lung. The black um, non-breathing bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that was for you, Damone. <laughs> thank you. <clears throat> I got soft teeth and black lungs. Um, so, on the first week of Live Wire, Gregory Helms and Rusev have a match. Uh, but before the match, a pre-tape promo plays where Gregory Helms says that Muhammad Hassan and the Asylum cheated him out of becoming the PTC World Heavyweight Champion. So he's making his mission to tear down Asylum man by man and beat Muhammad Hassan. Uh, the match is mostly Rusev beating Gregory Helms down, but Helms makes a comeback and hits Rusev with a nightmare on Helms Street for the win after 18 minutes. <coughs> the next week, uh, CM Punk is cutting a promo on Scott Hall and the fans, which is quickly interrupted by Gregory Helms. Helms comes out and calls out calls Punk out for his hypocrisy. Punk, you made a career off of tearing down the system and, and fighting for opportunities. You made your career on being the underdog. Punk, your career here in PTC has been anything but an underdog story. 
you didn't get your way inside the the chamber just so you decided to cheat someone else out of their opportunity, just like Muhammad Hassan and Asylum did to me. Tonight, Punk, I'm going to whoop your ass and hopefully beat some sense back into you. Then I'm going to find Asylum and whoop their asses as well. So Punk and Helms uh, have a fast-paced match. At one point, Punk goes for the GTS, but Helms reverses it into a BFE. Uh, as Helms goes for the pin, Asylum runs to the ring, and the three men jump Gregory Helms. The referee calls for the bell, and CM Punk slinks away up the ramp as Asylum thrashes Gregory Helms. Hassan and Asylum pose over Helms' body as the show goes to commercial. The main event is an eight-man tag team match uh, that sees the Storm Brothers and Soul Train face off against Myro and Asylum. It's a pretty standard eight-man tag match that lasts 23 minutes. The match ends with Rocky Johnson and a camel clutch from Rusev, followed by a Samoan spike from uh, Umaga. Johnson doesn't tap, but instead passes out from the pain. Myro and Asylum win by technical submission. That week on Alpha, Muhammad Hassan has a squash match against a local talent lasting three minutes. <coughs> The next week on Alpha, Helms and Koloff have a nine-minute match that sees Muhammad Hassan hand the Ottoman Gers Club to Koloff as Rusev distracts the referee. Koloff goes to hit uh, Helms with the club, but Helms ducks underneath, making Koloff crack Rusev with the club. Helms hits a schoolboy roll-up for the pin and, for the pin and the win over Koloff. Um, the next week on Livewire, Helms and Rusev have a 10-minute match that ends when Muhammad Hassan hits Helms in the back of the head with the Ottoman Gers Club behind the ref's back. Rusev puts Helms in the camel clutch, and Helms passes out. Uh, Muhammad Hassan grabs the promo as the ref tries to make Rusev break the hold. Nikita Koloff throws the referee out of the ring, and Muhammad Hassan gets down on two knees face-to-face with the unconscious Gregory Helms. Gregory Helms, you luck has just run out. You have gone from town to town to call me a cheater, a hypocrite, a snake. Your xenophobic and Islamophobic behavior will not be tolerated any further. You try to suck the life out of my career. And look, now look at you. As Rusev squeezes the life out of you. I take over fully loaded. I will finish the job. I'm going to eradicate you from existence. Stand back. Because your career is coming to an end. <coughs> um, on Rebellion, Muhammad Hassan has a four-minute squash match against the local talent. Uh, after the match, Gregory Helms sprints to the ring and brawls with Muhammad Hassan. Helms has the upper hand the entire time, but Asylum comes in. And the three-on-one advantage is too much. And Asylum ends with the segment standing tall. Uh, on Alpha, the go-home show for Alpha, uh, Gregory Helms accepts a challenge from Muhammad Hassan to fight Koloff and Rusev in a two-on-one handicap match. Helms stays as competitive as he can, but Koloff and Rusev are too much to overcome. And they beat Gregory Helms after nine minutes. The segment ends with Hassan yelling at Helms, I will end you. I will destroy you. Your career is over. So time for the match. Uh Muhammad Hassan comes out with his traditional headscarf, uh, gold trunks with black and white, black, white, green, and red accents, black boots, gold elbow, and knee pads. Uh, Gregory Helms comes out wearing lime green cargo pants, black boots, and black elbow pads. Wait, 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 wait. He's doing the three count look? Yeah. Okay, I'll pop it for that. <laughs> Send Shannon Moore out too? Mm. <laughs> Not yet. Oh, hell. Uh, so, uh, as for the match, there's a close line from. Uh, Helms to Hassan, followed by a short arm clothesline and then a clothesline neckbreaker from Helms to Hassan. He goes for another clothesline, but uh, Hassan answers with a clothesline of his own, um, followed by a front face lock, elbow drop from um, Hassan to Helms. Hassan hits a rope hung DDT. Um, later on in the match, um, Hassan has Helms in the in the uh, corner and he hits the he does like the ten punches, but he only hits nine. 
And then after the ninth, he drops down to, in front of my, uh, Gregory Helms, get him on the knees, and hits like a traditional like Islamic prayer, and then low blows him. Um, he then locks in an Indian deathlock on uh, Helms, but Helms is able to get a rope break. Later on in the match, uh, Helms hits a super shining wizard, followed by a super swinging neck breaker to Hassan. <coughs> Helms hits uh, Hassan with a single knee face breaker, but Hassan rolls out of the ring. Um, Helms hits a somersault senton to the outside onto Hassan. Hassan hits a throat thrust to Helms, followed by a pile driver onto the apron. Later on in the match, um, Hassan hits multiple elbows to the spine, uh, followed by a back suplex backbreaker and then a snap suplex. Um, as Helms tries to climb up in the corner, like he's facing the corner trying to pull himself to his feet, uh, Muhammad Hassan hits him with a uh, drop kick to the spine, followed by a gut wrench suplex. He then locks in the camel clutch, but Helms is able to get a rope break. Uh, Helms hits Hassan with a sugar smack, followed by an overcast uh, blockbuster for a two count. Um, <coughs> uh, Helms goes for a suplex, but is reversed by Hassan into a cobra clutch. Um, Hassan then transitions the cobra clutch into an inverted suplex slam. Later on in the match, there's a scoop slam pile driver from Hassan to Helms, followed by a swinging neck breaker from Helms to Hassan. Uh, Shining Wizard from Helms to Hassan later in the match, uh, followed by an arm trap superplex from Helms to Hassan, and then a, a nightmare on Helm Street. Uh, he goes for the pin, but Rusev puts Hassan's foot on the bottom rope to break up the pin. <coughs> the referee's arguing with Rusev and ejects him, but while he does so, uh, Nikita Koloff slips Muhammad Hassan the Ottoman Gers Club, and Hassan smashes it into the skull of Gregory Helms. He tosses it to the outside. Um, the ref turns back around. Hassan hits Helms with a full Nelson face buster, followed by the um, tower drop, stalling vertical suplex, transitioned into a sit-out powerbomb for the pin and the win. Muhammad Hassan is your winner. Wrong man won. Sugar Shane should have won. <laughs> it's building. It's building. All right. Um, this is a pretty nice rebound. You've kind of <coughs> uh, had a low point the last couple matches, so this was a nice bounce back. Um there's not a whole lot wrong with this. Uh, it's not perfect by any means, but... That's fair. It's worthy of a four. Thank you. That's where I'm at as well. I, I think it's also a four. It's not perfect, but it's not that last match. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to um, talk about that. <laughs> I... It wasn't terrible or anything. It was just kind of super mid to me. So I'm going to give you a 3.5. Okay. Miguel? Um, I, I, I actually do take the wrong man one. Um, Sugar Shane supremacy. But overall, it, it, I mean, it, it was pretty mid. Uh, I'm going to go 3.5. Okay. I'm not mad at those scores. All right. So the first week of Livewire after the takeover, Seek and Destroy. CM Punk is in the center of the ring looking smug as the crowd pelts him with disdain. Punk looks out to the crowd before beginning to talk. Shut your mouths. The crowd erupts in even more booze. Excuse me. 
You fans are so quick to switch loyalties. Last Tuesday, you were chanting my name. I was the favorite to win the PTC title. I was your voice. Seven days later, and you howl at me in disgust. I haven't changed. Only your perception of me has. <coughs> Scott Hall is nothing more than a junkie that stole my chance at being the world champion. Scott Hall, I don't know if we've ever officially met, but my name is CM Punk, and I am Straight Edge, and that means that I am better than you. Scott, you might not know, might not have known who CM Punk was prior to Sunday night, but just like your addictions, I'm now something you'll never forget. Scott, you cheated me out of my chance, just like you've cheated every single wrestler you've come in contact with that wasn't in your special clique. Here's the problem, Scott. I'm not Bret Hart. I'm not Diamond Dallas Page, and I'm damn sure not Gold Dust. You can't hold me down. You have a better chance of beating your demons than you do beating me. I'm sure you can't wait to get your hands on me, Scott. And that's exactly what I expect from you. You spend your whole life chasing highs, but in all your career, you've never reached a height quite like mine. I know you're all roughed up, and I know you're hurting because so am I, Scott. <coughs> The difference is, I showed up for work tonight. I showed up even when I was hurt, even when I was embarrassed, even when I lost. But where, oh where is Scott Hall? In a gutter somewhere with an empty bottle of whiskey and a razor blade he used to straighten his cocaine lines. Passed out in a busted down strip club or bar, embarrassing himself even further. Scott Hall, you are weak. You're not strong enough to be straight edge like me. See, I hobble out here bruised and broken, and I show my battle scars to the world, and you hide in the shadows. And you pop 6, 10, 12 Vicodin every hour to ease your pain, you weak little man. The crowd is booing Punk so loudly at this point. You boo me, but that man is a criminal. I've never been a criminal. I don't abuse drugs. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I am straight edge. Scott Hall is the exact opposite. He does all of the above because he is weak. He has all of the above because he has a weak, pathetic excuse of a man. He does all of the above because he is an addict. Scott Hall, I am better than you. But I know it's not your fault. I know you are weak. I know you are broken. I know you are sick. So I'm here to stage an intervention. But first things first, I need to hear you say you have a problem. And I need to hear you say that CM Punk is better than you. So whenever you decide to reemerge from the shadows, I'll be waiting on you with my arms open, ready to change your life for the better, Scott. I'll be waiting. <coughs> so Scott Hall comes out to the ring on Rebellion that Friday night. And he's the first, the first segment. He comes out and he says, hey, yo. And the crowd goes wild for the bad guy. Last Sunday, I was in the Elimination Chamber, and I wasn't doing so bad for a washed-up never was, now was I? I came out of the gates ready to fight, ready to win. I tore through CM Punk, hit him with a razor's edge, and pinned him one, two, three. I just took out the biggest threat to my chances of winning the title right off the bat. I was flying high. I was keeping my mo momentum and was about to get another elimination, and that's when it happened. CM Punk showed his true colors. He's no call to personality. He's a crybaby and a sore loser. 
CM Punk low blowed me and then hit me with the GTS, causing me to lose what seemed to be my last shot at a world championship. <coughs> I've spent a lot of time thinking since Sunday. I've spent even more time feeling sorry for myself, feeling pity and sadness, feeling despair and hopelessness. I was stuck in a depression that made me miss Livewire because I was so stuck and feeling like a loser. But that all changed when I turned on Livewire and saw that sniveling weasel standing in the ring talking about me and my career and my shortcomings. CM Punk, you were talking all that noise while I was at home nursing the wounds to my pride. How about you come out here and say it to my face? The crowd cheers for the baby face. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. You really think I want to come out there and face a depressed and angry drug addict? CM Punk appears on the the Travitron. Scott, you said it yourself. The first thing you did when you lost was feel sorry for yourself. And you isolated away from the world. But I'm the crybaby and the sore loser? Stop it. You failed, and you're so used to it that you reverted right back to your same vices as instinct. You hid away and locked yourself in some shitty motel room, and you drank and you drank and you drank until you forgot what happened. Until you forgot what a failure you are. Until you forgot what your children's names are. Scott Hall, how dare you call me a crybaby when you drown your sorrows with pills and booze. How dare you question me when I am straight edge. That means I treat my body as a temple. The fact that I am straight edge just proves that I am better than you. Scott, you hear the way these drunks whine cheering your name? You are a tragic hero because all they see is themselves in you. You're all a bunch of addicts feeding off one another, enabling each other to be failures, just like your fathers were, just like your grandfathers were, just like your children will be. Scott Hall, you disgust me. (coughs) Punk, the more you speak, the more I realize you're just a greasy little punk that never grew up. You hide behind your little quips because you know you ain't can't hang inside the ring with me. Punk, I want you to know that you will you have lit a fire inside me unlike any other. I'm going to make it my mission to build your character the same way drugs and alcohol built mine. I'll beat you again and again and again until you can relate to me. I'm gonna show you that the bad guy, or I'm gonna show you that bad times don't make you a bad guy, but that doesn't change the fact that I am the bad guy. So listen here, Chico. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, it's going to be Scott Hall versus CM Punk, and I'm going to make you regret stealing my chance at the world title. (coughs) The next week on Livewire, CM Punk's in the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk, and I am Straight Edge. And if you're not, that means that I am better than you. I hear your booze, and all that tells me is that you all are too dumb to see that you poison yourselves daily. Whether you smoke cigarettes to calm your nerves, or maybe you take a drink after a long, hard day, or perhaps you'd rather pop some prescription drugs to ease your pain. No matter what your vice may be, you are weak, just like Scott Hall. See, but Scott Hall and I do have one thing in common. We're both the voices of the voiceless. But where I'm a voice for those that are never heard, those little guys fighting an uphill battle against corporate America, Scott Hall is a voice for those who can't speak because they smoked a carton of cigarettes a day, so now they have throat cancer and have caused irreparable damages to their vocal cords. Scott Hall is a voice to those who can't speak because they're so drunk that even slurred words are too hard for them to spit out. 
Scott Hall is a voice to those that have OD'd on prescription drugs and sit, now sit in hospital beds as brain-dead vegetables. Scott Hall is the voice to all those crackheads and heroin junkies that fill the state cemeteries that, after they killed themselves, chasing the same highs that I berate you for chasing. <clears throat> you, just like every single one of the boys in the back, scared to face life like grown-ups. So you give yourself built-in fail-saves by drowning yourselves in poison. As he says this, Gregory Helms comes, uh, music plays and he comes down. Gregory Helms come, comes out and calls Punk out for his hypocrisy. Punk, you made a career off of being an underdog. Punk, you just heard this promo, so I'm not going to redo it again. Um, same thing. Uh, CM Punk and Gregory Helms have their match. Um, Asylum interferes and Punk slips away. That week on Alpha, CM Punk is in the middle of the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk, and I am Straight Edge. That means I don't smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol or even take prescription drugs. And if you do, well, that just means that I'm better than you. I've spent my entire life treating my body as a temple. Your people can't go one day without pouring poison down your throat inhaling it into your lungs or injecting it directly into your veins. I have spent my entire life chasing my dreams while you have spent yours chasing artificial highs just like Scott Hall. Scott, you have every single tool needed to be the greatest of all time, but you've wasted your potential just so you could be a junkie, just like every single one of these rejects in the seats that surround me right now, filling their lungs with toxins one Marlboro at a time pouring venom into their bloodstream, shot after shot after shot. None of you can face common daily adversities, but you believe Scott Hall, the super addict, is going to be able to handle the pressures of being a world champion. Pathetic. Scott Hall, you'll never be world champion. And the only person you have to blame is yourself. You all are too blinded to see it. You let your emotional bias block the truth. You see Scott Hall as Batman running around saving the day, but in reality, he's the Joker. He's always been the Joker, causing mayhem to everyone who ever gets close to him. Ask Dana Bergio what it's like to be married to him for 11 years. What it was like to clean up his messes for 11 years. Ask her what it was like to sit in the emergency rooms hoping he wouldn't code. What it was like waiting for him outside of rehab buildings. What it was like having a panic attack every time the phone rings because she didn't know if her children were... Would, would have a father after that call was over. I would ask Jessica Hart what it was like, but you could only gaslight and manipulate her for a year before she left your ass in the same gutter she found you in. But if you people don't believe me, why don't you ask Cody and Cassie Hall, Scott's son and daughter. Ask them what it's like for daddy to be nodding out while you blow out your birthday candles. Ask them what it's like for daddy to never see your baseball games or your choir recitals. Scott, you weren't even there when they were baptized because you were in the rehab facility against your will so you don't go to federal prison. Not only are you a failure as a man, you're an abuser as a husband and a deadbeat as a father. But yeah, everybody cheered this man as the second coming of Christ because none of you are any better. Uh, the next week on Rebellion, Scott Hall comes out to the ring and for the main event segment. <coughs> <coughs> Punk, you've had a lot to say about me, about these people. But on Saturday night, you went too far, man. No matter what the problem is between you and me, Chico, you'll never bring my family into it. How dare you? 
I'm a lot of things, a failure, a drug addict, a loser, but I'm not an abusive husband or a deadbeat dad. I'm a great man despite my shortcomings, punk. You come out here and you talk about being straight edge, and that's great, and I'm proud of you, Chico. The issue is you're an addict just like me. I'm addicted to drugs and alcohol. You're addicted to being an asshole. I promise you, man, at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I'm going to make you wish you never messed with the bad guy. As Hall says this, cult of personality plays and Punk comes out on stage. Scott, this is really all you've got? I expose you as a to-the-core evil man. And the best you can do is say, nah, you're a poopy head. Scott, name-calling hasn't been cool since second grade. Step your game up. If we're going to do this, Let's do it with some class. You don't have the verbal chops to hang with me, Scott. In fact, you can't hang with me anywhere in the industry. Nobody can. In that ring, on this microphone, and hell, even on commentary, I am the best in the world. And I never needed a chemical to help numb the pressures of that. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, I'm going to put you through a master class of being a great wrestler. I have no doubt in my mind that I'll win this match. Because I'm the better wrestler, but more importantly, I and the better man. Scott Hall retorts, Punk, you're so stuck on how good of a man I am, but you're not any better. See, I would rather be a guy who faces his failures and mistakes than be a guy who uses another man's failures against him when he's down. I'm an addict, but you're a scumbag. I can recover, but you're stuck like this. <coughs> Punk laughs. There you go, name-calling again, Scott. And I disagree with you, though. I think the best time to kick a man is when he's already down. Speaking of being down, at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I'll put you down once and for all. Whether it's the Anaconda Vice, the GTS, or the Whiskey and Tylenol PMs, you will fall to me. The segment ends with the two men staring each other down across the ramp. Uh, that week on Alpha, Scott Hall and Paul Orndorff have a nine-minute match to see Scott Hall winning most of the time. Scott Hall puts uh, Orndorff up for the Razor's Edge, but CM Punk comes out of nowhere, hits a low blow, followed by a GTS. Warndorf capitalizes on the interference and pins Scott Hall for the win. Um, on Livewire, for the go-home Livewire, CM Punk comes out and begins preaching his beliefs to the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is CM Punk, and I am Straight Edge. That means I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't use prescription or recreational drugs. All weekend, I've heard the same things. Why, Punk? Why? It's like deja vu. Why, Punk? Why? Why did you attack Scott Hall? Why did you cost Scott Hall the match? I've been telling you for weeks now. Scott Hall is a loser. I didn't cost Scott Hall the match last Saturday on Alpha. I didn't cost Scott Hall the mat- the title inside the Elimination Chamber at TakeOver Seek and Destroy. The years of drug and alcohol abuse lost him everything. It had nothing to do with me. Scott Hall has made a career blaming his shortcomings on everything but himself. And for his entire career, you all have enabled him to do so. All of you junkies out here want to see your tragic hero rise to the top. But then there's me, men like me that deserve it. Men like me who won't allow a burnout drunk like Scott Hall to walk out of a single arena as world champion. You boo me because I refuse to let a drug addict be a hero to your children. I refuse to let a drunk be at the top of this industry. I refuse to let a man that spent his life in the gutter to become the pinnacle of my profession. So go ahead and boo me. Boo me because I'm you're weak just like him. Boo me because you know in your heart that I am better than you. And you're jealous of the man that I am, you stupid animals. 
I know that I am peak humanity because I don't need alcohol to ease my stress. I don't need cigarettes to calm my nerves. I don't need drugs to numb my pain. But Scott, you do. You use these vices as a crutch because you're not man enough to stand on your own two feet. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, I'll use that crutch to beat you down until you never stand against me again. This Sunday, Scott Hall, we finish this and I finish you. <coughs> on the last episode of Rebellion before the pay-per-view, Scott Hall comes down to the ring in Rebe on Rebellion and speaks to the crowd. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott Hall and I am an addict. I've spent my career chasing highs. Name a substance and I've probably abused it. I've spent more nights than I can remember drowning at the bottom of whiskey bottles, more worried about finding a fix than I was finding a meal. I have my share of vices. That's no secret. But today, I am 800 days sober. That's almost three years with no drugs, no alcohol. I am proud of myself. It's funny. It's funny that CM Punk left that part out the past few weeks when he was telling my story night after night after night. Punk, you're right about a lot of things. I have used my vices as a crutch. I use them as a built-in excuse. Self-sabotage is the why I can't win the big one. But just under three years ago, I changed. I sat down. I looked myself in the eyes, and I said to myself, I have one last shot. I promise not to waste it. I've spent decades fine to be the second. I spent decades fine to be the second best in the ring, as long as I was the best guy at the bar that night. But that's not me anymore. I'm hyper-focused on being the best wrestler in the world and winning the one title that's always eluded me. Squashing you like the cockroach that you are at TakeOver Fully Loaded is just a welcome detour. CM Punk, this Sunday, I'm going to make you eat your words. I'm going to make you pay for making my struggle, my addiction, my family's pain the center of your narrative. This Sunday, I'm coming for my retribution. All right, time for the match. Um, CM Punk comes out wearing Chicago Cubs-inspired gear, white trunks with blue pinstripes and red designs with blue outlines, uh, white wrist tape, red knee pads, red boots with white backdrop, and blue outline and red stars. Uh, Scott Hall comes out in a Razor Ramon-style multicolored vest, gold trunks with outsider written in red with purple outline, uh, gold knee pads with red designs with purple accents, uh, black elbow pad on his right arm, and a gold elbow pad with red designs and purple outline on his left arm, and then a gold Cuban chain. Time for the match. Um, <clears throat> the match starts with an overhead belly-to-belly -belly from Punk to Hall, followed by a boot scrape from Punk to Hall to show his dis disrespect. Um, later in the match, Punk hits a split-legged moonsault uh, onto Hall and a springboard missile dropkick, followed by a superplex uh, for a two-and-a-half count. Later on in the match, uh, Scott Hall hits a fallaway slam. He There's a choke slam from Scott Hall to Punk. And then Punk hits a tope atomic, atomico uh, on the hall. CM Punk hits a rope hug neck, neck breaker on the Scott Hall. Uh, CM Punk hits a brain buster on the Scott Hall, followed by a welcome to, Sh welcome to Chicago, and then a Pepsi twist. Scott Hall hits CM Punk with a running cross body and then a one-shoulder powerbomb. Uh, CM Punk hits Scott Hall with a, run a rope walk leg drop. Arm breaker. So he basically hits old school, but he hits a leg drop instead of like the clothesline part. Um, CM Punk hits a blind springboard crossbody on the hall. Uh, he then hits a punk handle pile driver. CM Punk hits a suicide dive on the Scott Hall, uh, followed by a diving elbow drop to the outside. Scott Hall later in the match hits a snake eyes, followed by a jackknife powerbomb on the CM Punk. Uh, 
Um, later on in the match, uh, CM Punk has a springboard corkscrew blockbuster uh, and then follows up with a pedigree for a two and a half count. Um, Scott Hall hits a diving uh, bulldog later in the match and follows up with a um, pile driver. Later on in the match, uh, CM Punk hits an avalanche belly-to-belly suplex, followed by a springboard moonsault. Um, Scott Hall hits a, cross, a slingshot crossbody, followed by an avalanche fallaway slam. CM Punk hits uh, Scott Hall with an avalanche tombstone pile driver for a two and three quarters count. Uh, Scott Hall hits a jumping clothesline on CM Punk, followed by an avalanche belly to back suplex. Um, Scott Hall or CM Punk later in the match gets the Anaconda Vice locked in on Scott Hall. After being in it for a few moments and writhing in pain, Scott Hall is able to get his foot on the ropes for a rope break. <coughs> um, Scott Hall later in the match hits a razor's edge on the CM Punk. He then picks him up and hits a second razor's edge into the turnbuckles uh, for the pin and the win. Scott Hall is the winner. Did you just say Scott Hall won? Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to rate. Okay. So, um, I'll start by saying the promos were really, really good. There's only a couple points that I want to like ding. Uh, one, I feel like though this execution was really, really good. Um, it is a little bit derivative to kind of do the same like ripping on scott hall's addiction thing like it's a good story it writes itself but i gotta see scott hall in some different stories at some point um not just you but anybody who drafts scott hall please yeah. run this story back <laughs> I feel like i'm the only one that would book scott hall not with a drug addiction <laughs> <laughs> so so anybody else who gets scott hall and book it verse four please do a different storyline <laughs> this is a good storyline but i just i saw the i couldn't I couldn't throw away the opportunity yeah, yeah. to do straight edge punk versus Scott Hall. Yeah, yeah, I know that. It's just uh, two out of the three book it verses I've had this basically this story. Yeah. Um, so that's the a ding, and also uh, punk's promo of the poopy head promo. <laughs> yeah, that got me that, too. Only it, because the entire time he was named, I felt like he was named calling too. But go on. So yeah, that was kind of a weird bit. <laughs> I was like mocking him, but like. It was kind of like he he had a grade school rock moment and it didn't fit. <laughs> so I put that in there because I wanted a little bit of like a like a lighthearted like a little bit of relief because this is a very dark and heavy like story. Yeah. So I put that in there just as like a quick like haha you know what I mean like yeah kind of give give you guys a moment of like damn this is isn't that depressing. I didn't think get it back to the depression. Fit. I it didn't was, think it fit. It, yeah, it was just. It was. Just I was just giving you my reasoning. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. that it did fit. If everybody agrees it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. But that was my reasoning behind it. Um, I thought that the match had a few cool spots, but uh, was a little anticlimactic. Um, in terms of like the, I know that like you know you said earlier that like order was gonna be a little off, but like it's not the order. Just like there wasn't as much drama in the match as I had hoped with the storyline. But I'm still going to give this a 4.5. It's still very good. Just a few small flaws. Like, it wasn't perfect, but it was very good. Okay. Bump that. I'm giving you a 5. Thank you, Damone. 
Damone likes the poopy head promo. <laughs> it, I got what he was going for, besides like the comic relief, I guess, of it. But also, CM Punk's a hypocrite. Like, yeah. He's, like, yeah, he's he he's saying that Scott Hall is name calling while he's also name calling, and he doesn't see that because he's a hypocrite and he's blind to his yeah. own hypocrisy. So. Mike, Kenny, anybody got a? Um, I I really do kind of mirror John on this one. I'm at I'm at a I'm at a three point five. Wow, that's not mirroring John at all. <laughs> I don't remember that's, what that's, his that's score a whole was. dollar. That's a whole dollar less than what John gave. Oh, us. Oh well, I still felt like three point five. <laughs> I knew I, that you were. This was gonna be a bad. Like no matter how good, I could have done this match perfectly. No, no, no. I like that Punk wasn't in the main event. That gave me gave you a whole dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, how much did you take away for it being the I'm straight edge and that means I'm better? Oh, no, none. I didn't okay. take anything away from it because it was a story. I got the story. Um, I just – I felt like the wrong person won. I mean this... – I, I, I personally feel like the wrong person won. I, not, I not totally to expected that. CM Punk <laughs> winning <mostly laughs> because I felt like CM Punk had more to do – for me, it was CM Punk talking shit to Scott Hall – and Scott Hall getting a few out there, but for the most part, it was just it was CM Punk. Scott no, it was, was also but... the one with something to gain here, though. Yeah, and also not to I'm not expecting like anybody's like um, stories or votes to change because you can only grade what I gave you. This isn't this is feud's not over. Like this is gonna build. I get it. Um, I think okay. I, I think when with something like that where the build's supposed to keep going, I think in that opinion, then um, CM Punk should have won. We'll, we'll I, I mean, I mean, other way around. Scott Hall should have won. Yeah, Scott Hall did win. No, I think no, if no, Scott no, no. Hall I mean, at the end of the say, feud, if, if you if you're gonna if you're gonna end the feud, Scott Hall should win. If you're gonna continue the feud, Punk should win. In this bookmark, Punk should have won. If this is not the end of the feud, I disagree. Punk... You don't know that from the screen though. Like Travis just gave you some dirt sheet insider. Yeah, I, yeah, you don't yeah. know that, so I don't want like I don't I'm, think I'm just let, I'm just letting you know where my my head is because right now it. From my opinion, it sounded like a one-off. I thought this was it. Well, that's all you know. You don't know that. I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying from, it, what, okay. from what you it, gave me, you gave me, oh, you're being mean to me. I'm defending myself. I won. Yes. And that's – so that's – so in my opinion, that's the end right there. Okay. So we'll it's not really – We'll see what happens next week. Well, that's what I'm saying. So if you got something going on next week, it's like, okay, like, I don't know. It's just I'm not as invested now because I feel like he already got his lick, which is what I'm saying. So I'm saying. For think me, about think about it this way: Seth Cody beat Seth clean twice, and they still had a third match, and we were all still heavily invested. I, I, I said it then; it shouldn't have been three matches. I said it should have been. I said it should have been one. I said it should have been one match. You're I, in the minority there. That's fine. I'm I just, just think that Seth should have won a match. You can't call uh, him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or or at least have him win the second and make it two out of three. But I just don't think I think someone getting the ass with three times. Why, why am I watching? Like, you already beat you twice. Why am I watching that third time? <laughs> I agree with that. So I so I gave it. Um, I also gave it three point five as well for that because I thought it might because before you said that it was continuing. I thought that was it. Just you were being mean to me. I'm defending myself. That's it. Okay, that's how I took that. That's story. why you don't give people future hints. 
to things. It is what it is. They'll, no, I'm no, sure no, they'll, they'll be not fine. Why, that's not why I rated that way. I thought that was it. <laughs> they'll be they'll be fine once I show them how the story continues. They'll be fine. It's not. Oh, all right. It's not just gonna be. Oh, we're gonna have a fight again. Like it's gonna change, change my score. Give them five fee. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I said next on Book of Verse four, everybody gets one zero and everybody gets one five fifty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're winning <laughs> so far. I'm, I'm trying to I'm doing I'm doing just quick math, and I don't think you've had very much low. That's been head to high. Uh, yeah, I had that one really bad match, and that one that was kind of split. Yeah, what was the really bad match though? I don't even remember. Well, that I mean, was, yeah, Kaya March. Oh yeah, that match yeah. wasn't bad. March like the most. <laughs> and then Scott Justice was pretty split. It had a couple twos yeah. in there. All right, I'm gonna get out of here. All right, have fun. I gotta go to bed. Later. Ratio. All right, see ya. All right. So live wire week one. Soul Train and my uh, Myro have a hard hitting 18 minute tag oh, match. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using people on a weekly show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> have a, I'll tell you this. Soul Train has nothing to do with this other than just being in tag matches during the build. Thank okay. God. <laughs> Damn, y'all are some haters. Who's in Soul Train? I forget. Farouk and um, Rocky Johnson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So Soul Train and Myro have a hard-hitting 18-minute tag team match with the new tag team champions the Storm Brothers on commentary. The match ends with Umaga hitting Rocky Johnson with a Simone Spike for the win. Um, later that night, Jay Briscoe and Tyler Breeze have a, uh, rematch for the Intercontinental Championship match. The match ends after, uh, just as the first one does, however, when after 18 minutes, Jay Briscoe hits Tyler Breeze with the Jay Driller for the pin in the win. Um, on Rebellion, Raven's Flock and the Storm Brothers have a 24 minute, very competitive match on Rebellion. The match ends when James Storm is pinned by Snow, uh, or pinned, I'm sorry. Pinned after a lariat from springboard lariat from Brian Pillman. Um, shortly after the match, Myro hits the ring and lays waste to the tag team champions. Later that night, Tyler Breeze is seen pacing back and forth in his private dressing room, and Kendrick, Kendall Jenner, uh, I almost say Kendrick Lamar, and Kendall Jenner is trying to calm him down. Kendall, what am I going to do, huh? What am I going to do? I lost my title. I lost the rematch to that backwoods inbred idiot. How am I gonna, supposed to stay relevant? What is PTC going to be without Prince Pretty on their airwaves? I need to figure out how to reinvent myself, but how do you fix something so perfect? Kendall replies, what if you used your perfection to raise someone else's stock? You could get an apprentice and use them to get you back to the mountaintop while simultaneously training the next generation of pretty people. Breeze looks amazed. That's it. I'll start a modeling agency, Prince Pretty's modeling agency. I'll find my first apprentice and I'll take them under my wing. Then we can win the tag team titles. This is an amazing idea. I'm so glad I came up with this. Now, how do we get this thing started? Jenner chimes in. Well, I actually already started on that. Here's some headshots of different people that might be of interest to you. Everyone on the list has answered an ad I posted looking for a man with a magnificent look. (coughs) Here's the first one. His name is Mason Ryan. Breeze looks at the headshot. This looks like a troll version of Dave Bautista. Get this baboon out of here. Breeze tears the headshot up and tosses the scraps behind him. Okay, this one uh, claims to have quite a bit of luck with the ladies, dubbing himself the world's largest love machine. His name is Viscera. Have a look. This man is built like a beanbag chair. His boobs are bigger than yours, Kendall. Come on, get serious. 
All right, all right, fair enough. This one is also a self-proclaimed ladies' man, calling himself the Punjabi Playboy, the Great Kali. Check it out. This man's face looks like a wet slab of concrete with a wig on. This is what sloth from the Goonies grew up to be, huh? Get this clay face monstrosity on stilts out of here. All right, this one is yet another charmer of the female sex. Sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. This man is built like a Model A Ford. If I wanted an SUV, I would buy an Escalade. I want a model. Get this garbage out of my face. All right, this man might be more your speed. He calls himself the total package. Others call him the narcissist. Lex Luger. <clears throat> this man is an American Gladiator's reject. What is wrong with his hair? Is that a mullet in this age? Please. All right, all right. This man is the modern Adonis. The masterpiece, Chris Masters. I can smell the steroids through the picture. Disgusting. No. All right, all right. What about this? The poster the poster boy, Justin Gabriel. He looks like the long-lost member of Lundrick. Aren't those guys racist? He probably thinks you're a lizard person, Kendall. We can't be associated with this kind of guy. You're, you're probably right. Here's David Atunga. Wait, isn't this the guy that's representing your, ex- your sister's ex-husband in their divorce? How do you go from Kanye West's lawyer to a model? Pass. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know how I missed that. Here's a group of guys. A group? What do you mean a group? I didn't ask for a group. I understand, Tyler, but these guys said that they're a package deal. They're three young models looking for some legitimacy. It could be a decent grab. You could use them as backup dancers to make you even look better. Their names are Cody Rhodes, Elton Prince, and Kit Wilson. Collectively, they call themselves the model citizens. (coughs) First off, that is the worst name I have ever heard of. Ever. Now, let's take a look at him. These guys call themselves models? Look at Cody Rhodes. He looks like he has a fat tongue. He definitely has a speech impediment. What is on his neck? Now for the other two. They look like Ken dolls with Barbie heads. They have no muscle definition. Vagina tummy losers. I hate them. No wonder they said they needed some legitimacy. They will never be real models. All right, Tyler. We have I one. hate you for adding the vagina tummy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, Tyler, we have only one left. The model Rick Martel. Hmm. Okay, not bad. I mean, he's no Prince Pretty, but he's pretty enough to stand behind me, behind me and make me look even prettier. Get him in here. <coughs> uh, the That week on Alpha, uh, Lance Storm and Tyler Breeze have a 15-minute match. Two men have a hot, high-paced, hard-hitting match. Uh, the match ends with Tyler Breeze hitting Storm with a beauty shot for the pin and the win. Uh, on Livewire the next week, Lance is seen giving James Storm his traditional pre-match lecture when Soul Train comes into the locker room. Storm Brothers, we are honored to team with the tag team champions against those dastardly bastards, Myro and Asylum. Those fools better get off the tracks because the Soul Train is coming down the line. Woo! After Rocky Johnson says this, he and uh, Ronson smack the lockers and run out of the locker room. <coughs> James Storm jumps up excitedly and shouts, Them boys better get inside because there's a storm a-brewing in the skies. Woo! He starts banging on the lockers and runs out just like Soul Train before him. Lance Storm looks exhaustedly annoyed, shaking his head in disbelief. Why can't anyone just be serious for a moment? Lance puts his head in his hands and then walks out of the room shaking his head. Um, There's an eight-man tag match. It's pretty typical. After 23 minutes, Rusev gets Rocky Johnson in the accolade, and Umaga hits the Samoan spike on Johnson. While on the hold, uh, Johnson put passes out in the accolade, and the heels win the match. 
<coughs> and next week on Live Wire, Tyler Breeze is seen backstage flexing and making kissy faces in the mirror when Kendall Jenner walks up behind him. Tyler, you'll be happy to know that I have reached out to Rick Martell and I have him here with us tonight. Tyler, this is Rick. Rick, this is Prince Pretty Tyler Breeze. It is an honor, your highness. Martell extends his hand for a shake. The honor is all yours. Now, tonight we have our debut as a tag team, and I've used my beauty to my advantage. So if we win tonight, we will become the number one contenders for the tag team championship. So all I need from you is to stay out of my way and make me look good. Think you can handle that? You got it, your highness. Stay out of your way and make you look even better than you already do. I like this guy, Kendall. I like him a lot. Now let's go. <coughs> the models have uh, their debut tag team match against Takamichi Noku and Charlie Haas. After nine minutes, uh, Tyler Breeze wins with a supermodel kick to Charlie Haas. Later on in the night, um, the Storm Brothers and Myro have a classic rematch for the tag titles lasting 18 minutes. At the end of the match, the Storm Brothers hit Umaga with the eye of the storm as the James Storm goes for the pin. Uh, the Bill Alfonso pulls the referee out of the ring, knocking him out. Haku goes into the ring and starts laying waste to the Storm Brothers. Then out of nowhere, uh, Tyler Breeze and Rick Martell hit the ring. Martell hits a chop block while Breeze hits a beauty shot on Haku simultaneously. They then hit a double super kick on Umaga. Martell rolls out of the ring and blasts Bill Alfonso with a big right hand before throwing the referee back in the ring. Breeze puts James Storm on top of Umaga and the referee counts for the pin as the models head to the back. Uh, the Storms retain their titles. That Friday on Rebellion, the models are seen backstage, and Tyler Breeze talks to the camera. I'm sure you are all very curious why Prince Pretty and his sidekick, Pretty Ricky, interfered in the Tag Team Championship match on Tuesday night. Well, I'd say it's pretty simple. We have to fight whoever won that match. And I like our odds a whole lot better against the Storm Brothers than I do against the Polynesians. So we just swayed the odds in our favor. Plus... I couldn't get the I couldn't resist getting to share the ring with my mentor and the man who trained me to be a pro wrestler, Lance Storm. Because who better than to take the titles off your shoulder than your own student, Lance? I am your best student, and we both know it. We also both know I am better than you. It's not a matter of we if we will become tag team champions. It's a simply a matter of how fast. Cherish this family moment, Lance, because your world is coming crash is going to come crashing down very soon. Uh, the next week on the Go Home Show for Livewire, Primetime Chavy T announces that since the models cost Myro their opportunity at regaining the tag team titles, <coughs> the tag team match at TakeOver Fully Loaded has been changed to a triple threat tornado tag team match. <sighs> uh, Friday night on Rebellion, the models are in the ring ready to speak. Two more nights until we walk out of TakeOver Fully Loaded, the new tag team champions a few weeks ago i was lost i was uninspired i was an unfocused and it cost me my intercontinental championship i lost everything i didn't know what to do but then it dawned on me i would bring new talent under my wing i went and scoured the land for the person that could be worthy of being the understudy of prince pretty that's when i found him pretty ricky martell now we are one match away from the tag team championships and then next month at takeover one night only I will get my Intercontinental title back and be Prince Prestigious when I'm a double champion. Now, I'm not happy that Slime Time Travi T stuck his big rat nose in my business and added Myro to the match, but it doesn't matter. I know that the Storm Brothers can beat Myro, and I know I can take out the Storm Brothers. Right on cue, the Storm Brothers' music hits, and they hit the ring. Lance grabs the microphone and steps up to Tyler. 
Tyler, I'm proud of the wrestler you have become and all the accolades you have. I can't necessarily say I'm proud of the person you've become, but that's neither here nor there. This isn't about us having a warm reunion. This is about these. <coughs> Lance Storm holds his title high in the sky. I'm out here to tell you that it doesn't matter who your partner is or what team forms to take us out. Ooh, excuse me. We are not leaving without these belts. I am not going to lose these titles to you or Myro. Uh, Bree smirks. I know you won't lose those belts to Myro, but Lance, the times have passed you by. You've taught me all that you know, and I evolved beyond you. I am better than you. Not to mention, I think we both know Pretty Ricky is better than the Cowboy. Pretty Ricky is focused and serious and dedicated. James, you're a party animal that couldn't be serious if you tried. If nothing else in life, I can count on death, taxes, and James Storm making a mistake Sunday night at TakeOver Fully Loaded. James Storm gets riled up and starts uh, shouting and lunging towards Breeze, but Lance holds him back. While they argue in the ring, Myro's music hits now come the Polynesian Giants led by Bill Alfonso. Alfonso issues a cold warning to Myro's opponents. Gentlemen, you have all committed fatal errors. Myro was never satisfied by simply winning, but they let that be reward enough. Now, now everything is different. They're not coming to win. They're coming to dominate. They're coming to wear your bones as jewelry. They are coming to snatch your limbs from your body. They're coming to end your bloodlines. They are coming to make sure that they are the only ones to leave that ring on Sunday night. Enjoy your remaining time, gentlemen, because Lord knows you don't have much left. <coughs> the Storm Brothers are seen backstage, and James is still raging. How dare he? He doesn't even know me, but he thinks I'm the weak link. He thinks I'm going to make a mistake that costs us our titles. Ugh! James Storm super kicks the locker, leaving a large den in it. Lance grabs his brother and forces eye contact. James, this is how you make mistakes. Letting Tyler Breeze get in your head and force your focus away. At TakeOver, fully loaded, and you and I will be fully focused. No mistakes will be made. We both know we're the best in the world, and Sunday night we're going to prove it. All right, time for the matchup. So starting with the fits, uh, Tyler Breeze comes out with hot pink leopard print biker shorts, white fur vest, white fur boots with tassels, uh, with white tassels, white knee pads, and white wrist uh, tape, white sunglasses, and his signature cell phone. Rick Martell comes out with hot pink leopard print trunks, uh, white wrist tape, white knee pads, white boots, a white suit jacket, hot pink pocket square, and hot pink bow tie uh, with white sunglasses and a perfume spritzer. Kendall Jenner is wearing a white cocktail dress, white evening gloves, white heels, and a white hand fan. Umaga is wearing black shorts, black hand and foot wraps, and a red Polynesian designed uh, Pareo wrap. Uh, Haku is wearing, also wearing black shorts, black hand and foot wraps, and then a red Polynesian designed Pareo wrap. Bill Alfonso is wearing a black shorts, black hat with Myra written on it. Black polo with Myra written on it, and then a red flower lay and a whistle. Um, James Storm is wearing black and red trunks with Storm written in white. <coughs> with black and red elbow pads and knee pads. Black and red boots with Storm written in white. Lance Storm's wearing the same black and red trunks with Storm written in white. Black and red elbow and knee pads, and then black and red boots with Storm written in white. All right. Time for the match. 
So the different spots in this match are there's a top rope Frankensteiner from James Storm to Umaga. There's a no-handed over-the-top rope suicide dive from Lance Storm to the models of Myro. Uh, Lance Storm hits a zigzag onto Rick Martel. Uh, James Storm hits Haku with an ace crusher. The Storm brothers hit Umaga with a heart attack. Uh, Spin-out powerbomb from Lance Storm to Rick Martel. A turnbuckle powerbomb from Umaga to Lance Storm. Tyler Breeze hits the hashtag selfie, which is when he hits you with the cell phone, uh, to Haku. Rick Martel hits a diving crossbody onto James Storm. Umaga hit, hits the giant swing onto into the steel post uh, from Umaga to James Storm. Uh, Lance Storm hits a springboard crossbody onto Rick Martel. <coughs> Tyler Breeze hits a sit-out inverted suplex slam onto Lance Storm. All six men hit each other with super kicks and knock each other out. Uh, Avalanche sit out face buster from Lance Storm to Tyler Breeze. A diving knee drop from Rick Martel to James Storm. Over the shoulder back to belly pile driver from J- Tyler Breeze to Lance Storm. Uh, Bulldog Famouser combo from James Storm to Umaga and Haku. A diving elbow drop from James Storm to Haku. A leg lariat from Lance Storm to Rick Martel. Corkscrew scissor kick from Tyler Breeze to Haku. A vertical suplex dropped into a cutter from Tyler Breeze to Lance Storm. James Storm hits Rick Martel with a walkout powerbomb. James Storm hits Tyler Breeze with the eye of the storm. Umaga hits Rick Martel with a wild monkey splash. Um, Haku hits uh, James Storm with a Tongan death grip, followed by a Samoan spike from Umaga. Haku hits a pile driver on Tyler Breeze. <coughs> uh, Umaga then hits a super Samoan drop on the Tyler Breeze. Um, James Storm hits a lung blower backbreaker from Haku, or onto Haku, I'm sorry. Lance Storm hits Umaga with a springboard drop kick. Um, the Storm Brothers hit a DWI powerbomb neckbreaker combo on Rick Martel. Tyler Breeze hits James Storm with a falcon arrow, followed by an unprettier on Lance Storm. Uh, Rick Martel hits a running crossbody on Umaga, and then a slingshot splash onto uh, Lance Storm. James Storm hits Tyler Breeze with a diving crossbody, followed by a double knee face buster. Rick Martel hits James Storm with a flying forearm smash. Lance Storm hits Rick Martel with a springboard clothesline. Uh, the Storm Brothers hit uh, Rick Martel with a Stormbreaker, which is the uh, leg lariat followed or a leg lariat from Lance Storm, and then a, a code breaker from. <coughs> or I'm sorry, not a code breaker. Uh, what is like the backbreaker that Carlito does? Backstabber. Yeah, the backstabber from James Storm. Um, Tyler Breeze hits Lance Storm with a jumping corkscrew flying forearm smash. Uh, James Storm hits Rick Martel with a release German suplex. James Storm then hits Tyler Breeze with a suicide cross body. Um, eight second ride from James Storm to Rick Martel. 450 splash from Tyler Breeze to James Storm. Hanging apron DDT from James Storm to, D- to Tyler Breeze. A diving clothesline from James Storm to Rick Martel. Hangman's noose from James Storm to Rick Martel. A superplex from Lance Storm to Tyler Breeze. A slingshot crossbody from Lance Storm to Tyler Breeze. Shooting star press from Tyler Breeze to James Storm. A diving spinning heel kick from Lance Storm to Tyler Breeze. And then a jumping spinning tombstone pile driver from Lance Storm to Tyler Breeze. And then finally the match ends with a beauty shot from Tyler Breeze to James Storm. For the pin and the win, the models are your new tag team champions. (coughs) 
I'm gonna give you a four. There, I will say there were points where you were doing like your stuff with the promo with him, like going through the pictures. Started off funny, hit a rough patch, ended good. Okay. Um, and overall, the match itself was good. So yeah, I'm gonna give you a four. Okay. And the right team won. Um, I agree with Damone on the promo part. Like literally, like exactly agree with him on the promo part. I think the match was a little weaker than I expected. So I'm gonna go with it's not a four, but I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay. Uh, Kenny's sentence are mine exactly. The match was kind of weak, but the promos are pretty good. So I'm gonna give it a three point five as well. Damn, I didn't even get the Tyler Breeze one one stipend. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm the joking ma- about the match the stipend, just didn't hit but... me. I know, but the match just didn't hit me oh. right. That's what kind of. That's fair. I, I had Tyler Breeze pulling out all the stops here, the shooting star but... press and the 450 splash. How many more matches do you have? Two. Is it the two? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, week one live wire. Jay Briscoe opens the first live wire of the pay per view. I don't know who you are, but you dress up. I don't know who you are, but you dress up playing bastards and need to get your asses out here. Nothing happens despite his call out. Look, you were all fired up and ready to fight when you jumped me on Sunday night. Well, I'm here and ready to fight right now, so bring your asses down to this ring so I can whoop your asses like your daddy should have. And again, nothing happens. Either get your asses down here, or I'll come back there and raise hell until I find you. Nothing happens, but just as he goes to leave the ring, Tyler Breeze's music hits. JJJ, stay right there. I don't know what you're trying to pull. You staged that attack Sunday night, so you wouldn't have to give me my rematch, but I'm getting my rematch, and I'm getting my title back tonight. The crowd goes wild. Jay Briscoe shakes his head. That's fine, Tyler. I'm, I'm ready for a fight, so if tonight that, that fight means that having to knock those pretty little teeth down your throat one last time, well, so be it. I'll get back to the Knights of the Round Table Friday night on Rebellion. Uh, so Breeze and Briscoe have a takeover seek and destroy rematch for the Intercontinental Championship. This match ends just as fast as the first one, or just as the first one does, however. <coughs> when after 18 minutes, Jay Briscoe hits Tyler Breeze with a Jay Driller for the pin and the win. Uh. <coughs> so on um, Rebellion, the Monarchy hit the ring on Rebellion. Uh, Triple H begins to speak. Welcome to the era of the Monarchy. I am the King of Kings. I am the best at what I do. I surround myself with the best in the world to elevate myself even higher. Now that you know who I am, why am I here? It's simple. I want all the gold. I wanted to let Jay Briscoe, the PTC roster, and the world know that I was calling my shot. I took matters into my own hands. Nobody was skipping me in line. I ordered an attack on Jay Briscoe to ensure that. I wanted to put the carrot in front of him. I wanted to lead him one, lead him to me. And as you all saw on Tuesday, it worked. Now where, oh where, is Jay Briscoe? I thought he was coming to whoop our asses on Friday Night Rebellion. Just like in chess, you stay t- two steps ahead of your opponent to protect your king. Jerry, Walter... And Nigel paid Jay Briscoe a visit earlier tonight. 
Triple H uh, gestures to the Travitron, and the video plays of the monarchy jumping Jay Briscoe in the parking lot, throwing him into the garage doors and cars. Triple H starts speaking again. That'll keep him out of my way until I'm ready for him. But don't worry, Jay. You'll get your chance to fight me at TakeOver Fully Loaded, Jay Briscoe versus Triple H for the Intercontinental Championship. So enjoy your time with my belt and keep chomping on the bidditure for your chance at retribution. Uh, that week on Alpha, Jay no- Jamie Noble and Jay Briscoe have a hard-hitting brawl-style matchup lasting 12 minutes to see Jay Briscoe get the roll-up victory on Jay Briscoe after the monarchy's music hits and distract- distracts Jay Briscoe. Uh, on Livewire the next week, um, the monarchy monarchy is in the ring. Why, Hunter? Why? Why do you have to torture poor little Jay Briscoe? Because he doesn't deserve to be a pro wrestler, let alone a champion. You look at me and you see a Greek god. You see someone who is larger than life. You see a superstar. And when you see Jay Briscoe, you see a gas station attendant. You only cheer him because he gives you false hope that you too can be a pro wrestler. Well, let me tell you something. You can't. I've seen a lot of pro wrestlers in my career. I've watched time and time again where the fan's choice rises up just to fall like every last one of the wrestlers did before them. I was there when everyone thought Rob Van Dam was the next big thing, and I put his ass down just like I should have. I was there when everyone was cheering for CM Punk and thought he was the cream of the crop, but I buried him too. Paul London and Brian Kendrick were supposed to be the future, and I held them down just as well. In pro wrestling, it takes more than being a flashy athlete. You have to be more than an average Joe. You need to be larger than life. You need to be a superstar just like me. That's why you bow to me. That's why you praise and you worship me, because I am as close to a god as any of you will ever get. As he finishes his sentence, he gets smacked in the back with a steel chair from Jay Briscoe. <coughs> Briscoe swings the chair at the rest of the monarchy, but eventually the number's advantage is too much, and the monarchy takes out Jay Briscoe. The segment ends after Triple H hits Jay Briscoe with a pedigree onto a steel chair. Uh, the next week on Livewire, Jay Briscoe and Juventud Guerrero have a nine-minute match for the Intercontinental Championship, and the match ends with Jay Briscoe hitting Guerrero with a J-Driller to defend his title. Uh, the Monarchy opens Alpha with a promo. Three and O. Oh. That's the record of the Monarchy versus Jay Briscoe. We are undefeated. And at TakeOver Fully Loaded, I move to four and O. Oh, and I take the Intercontinental Championship home with me. Jay Briscoe fights so hard to beat us, but it's a waste of time. Just like you rednecks trying to overthrow the government on January 6th, Jay Briscoe trying to overthrow the monarchy ends the same way. Him losing everything he loves. No matter what you may have been told, you can't be anything you set your mind to. One man cannot change the world. You're destined to be whatever you're destined to be, and you can't change destiny. I am destined to be the best. I am destined to be a champion. I am destined to be the greatest of all time. Jay Briscoe, you were destined to be a chicken farmer in Delaware. The longer you run, you do nothing more than delay your destiny. Run as fast and as hard as you can, and you'll still reach nothing more than what you were destined to be. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, I am your reality check. I am the measuring stick. I am the bar. I am the game. 
at TakeOver Fully Loaded. I'm going to make you meet your destiny when I hit you with the pedigree and take my title. The next week on Livewire, on the last uh, Livewire before the pay-per-view, Jay Briscoe and Kurt Hennig have a a competitive match the last 14 minutes. In the end, Jay Briscoe wins with a J-driller. Jay Briscoe grabs the microphone after the match. Triple H, you talk about destiny. You talk about I'm destined to be a nobody and you're destined to be the greatest. I disagree. I think you're destined to get your ass kicked and I'm destined to be the one to do it. If you're the man enough to walk your ass down here, we can do it right here, right now, tonight. But I don't think you are. So I guess it'll have to wait till Sunday night at TakeOver Fully Loaded. But mark my words, I'm not coming to just defend my title. I'm coming to give you an old-fashioned, passionate ass-whooping from the common man superstar. From the common man superstar. Get your excuses ready for why you lost to a glorified chicken farmer because there ain't no damn way I'm leaving Sunday without my my Intercontinental title. Jay Briscoe and Paul Orndorff have a hard-hitting match lasting nine minutes. It ends with a Jay Driller for a (coughs) Briscoe win. Uh, Triple H is once again in his throne in the center of the ring. That was a cute little speech you made on Livewire. But beating jobbers just like you, just like you have been, isn't nothing like being in the ring with me. You can't beat a guy like me. I am the ultimate. I am the greatest wrestler to ever live. You've just a guy playing make-believe. If I have a dollar for every time some hillbilly thought he could do what I do, I'd be even richer than I already am. But since you want to be a fighting champion and it's so important for you to stay fighting night after night, how about tomorrow night on Alpha, you get a chance to get your hands on a member of the monarchy to be when you go one-on-one with Jerry Lawler? You think you're destined to beat my ass? You're destined to be a pro wrestler? Prove me wrong by winning against Jerry Lawler. <coughs> All right, so Jay Briscoe and Jerry Lawler have a good back and forth match. Last nine minutes, but after Jay Briscoe hits Lawler with the Jay Driller, Walter and Nigel McGinnis hit the ring and jump Briscoe, causing Lawler to get DQ'd. After the three of them take out Jay Briscoe, Triple H comes out and hits the pedigree on Briscoe. Triple H poses with the Intercontinental Championship to end the segment. Uh, on to the match. So starting with Fitz, as we do, um, Triple H comes out with a silver crown and a skull mask um, with a black like king's cloak with black fur trim. Um. He is wearing a silver tights with black designs and then uh, black elbow pads and knee pads and then black boots. Is this short hair or long hair? Short hair, big beard, Triple H. Okay. Um, Jay Briscoe comes out with black cargo pants, black leather gloves, black combat boots, black and white bandana, and a black denim vest with white writing and designs. <coughs> All right. So for the match, the spots are uh, Triple H j- hits Jay Briscoe with a Regal Plex. Um, Jay Briscoe later on in the match hits a uh, three-quarter Nelson suplex onto Triple H. Triple H hits a teardrop suplex onto Jay Briscoe. And Jay Briscoe hits Triple H with a leg hook brain buster. Um, Triple H hits uh, a high knee strike onto Jay Briscoe. And Jay Briscoe follows up later in the match with a slice bread number two. Uh, Triple H later hits a sit-out powerbomb. Um, Jay Briscoe ends up hitting an inverted Death Valley driver. 
Triple H hits uh, Jay Briscoe with a curb stomp. Uh, shit, I lost my place. Sorry. Um, Jay Briscoe hits a cannonball senton onto Triple H. Uh, Triple H hits a standing tiger bomb onto Jay Briscoe. Later on in the match, Jay Briscoe hits a froggy bow onto uh, Triple H. Uh, they start brawling on the outside, and eventually Triple H hits a, a spear through the barricade on Jay Briscoe. Uh, Jay Briscoe hits a slingshot double foot stomp onto Triple H. Uh, Triple H hits Jay Briscoe with a punt kick later in the match. Jay Briscoe eventually hits a pop-up cutter on the uh, Triple H. Triple H hits Triple H hits the double A spine buster. Um, and Jay Briscoe hits a scoop brain buster. Triple H hits a fisherman suplex. And later on in the match, uh, Jay Briscoe hits a moonsault drop kick. <coughs> Uh, a little later in the match, the uh, Triple H hits a cutter on Jay Briscoe. And then uh, Jay Briscoe hits a full Nelson bomb on Triple H. Triple H ends up hitting a spike pile driver onto Jay Briscoe. And uh, Jay Briscoe hits him with a, br- a Briscoe barrage, but it's not enough to take him out. And Triple H uh, locks in the Kowalski claw. Later on in the match, uh, Jay Briscoe hits a shooting star press. Um, Triple H eventually locks in an arm trip crossface. Um, Jay Briscoe hits Triple H with a kneeling powerbomb. And then finally an avalanche Death Valley driver. Um, Jay Briscoe like taunts Triple H up to his feet and hits the Dre Driller for a two and nine tenths kick out. Like Triple H just barely kicks out of it. Um, Triple H hits Jay Briscoe with a, um, King's Landing ripcord knee, followed by a pedigree. As he goes for the the pinfall, the lights go out. And when the lights come back on, the White family is in the ring, and Bruiser Brody hits Triple H with a big boot. Uh, Test hits a rolling cutter, followed by a spinning fireman's carry cutter uh, from Test, or to Triple H, sorry. And then Bray White hits the Sister Abigail, followed by the Mandible Claw, making Triple H pass out. And the referee wakes up and sees the Wyatt family and calls for a DQ finish. <coughs> that was a uh, I don't know. I feel like going from how big that Raven feud felt just to me picking a new opponent. It's kind of wild. Hmm. Okay. A little bit of whiplash with them. Like, got the Wyatt family. They had this really big with Raven and then they're going after Triple H now the same night like they think about how think about the character of Raven and what he said in his promos who he's going after he's going after everybody that thinks they're yeah I'm sorry Bray Wyatt he's going after all the people that think they're gods all the all the powerful men all the kings so I, like I get what you're too quick. going. Yeah, I get what you're going for. I think it would have been better <coughs> if you had like Triple H win the title and then did it. Like you could have done it like and built that because I get what you're going for. You're gonna have the Wyatts versus um, the Monarchy. So I get what you're building towards. It just felt very. It left me unsatisfied, unfulfilled. Yeah. Okay. It, it feels yeah, kind of forced. It feels like you're really trying to push this. And it's I not, don't think it's, that 
It's not really coming together organically, is what I'm gonna say. I don't think that the Bray Wyatt it shouldn't have happened tonight. I feel needs, like it should have happened the a... show after. That's fair. Yeah, I, you, you didn't have to have Triple H win. You could have had yeah. Jay win, but it just feels very unsad. I wanted both people. To, I wanted it to seem like Triple H was gonna win, and then he got cheated out of it by because that makes him even more angry. Yeah, but then that kind of makes him the victim, and like I don't know. I just it makes me feel. I feel you unsatisfied i could have I, had uh triple h <coughs> and then the monarch jump briscoe and oh, then the right. save briscoe yeah i feel like that would have been better um overall i'm gonna the wyatts um i'm overall gonna give you a three yeah. like okay actually Give it a 3.25. The match up until the finish was good. The promos were okay. Um, Yeah, 3.25. I really don't like that it happened the night of. I feel like it instantly shrinks what was a perfect feud. Like, it makes the Raven feud feel smaller. And that was your best content of the night, Unanimous 5. You made what was big feel small. So to, to before you get too far into your in your discussion of this, I just want to rebuttal that this isn't unheard of with Bray Wyatt's character. He on multiple occasions has ended one feud and started a new feud the same night. This is like well, very very on par with what his character does. Well, in this situation, I don't think it's right. Okay, I think we needed to take in that Raven match because that was an excellent build. <clears throat> And now you made it so like, oh, moving on from that. Because by all means, you could have stretched that review to the end of this book at verse, and nobody would have been mad at it. Um, I feel like but, I've done everything I wanted to do with the Raven feud. Yeah, I'm not saying you have to stretch it out, but you could have. And, you know, leave us guessing at least till your next weekly. Um, <coughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like doing this made me enjoy that a little bit less and i'm mad at you for that because i really enjoyed that like <laughs> i'm the sorry thing i enjoyed most on your card you made me enjoy a little bit less john's john's uh, never gonna forgive me <laughs> i'm not just annoyed i'm flat out disgusted <laughs> wow you made you made both of them not feel <laughs> um Glacier. you're not playing all the hits <laughs> Uh, uh, did you give him a so number I'm, he hasn't yet no, i'm about to i'm gonna give this a 2.5 i'm a little frustrated by this like there was good aspects okay. to it spring here and there but my end result was frustration that's fair <laughs> mine's a little more towards the middle of them i thought it was i thought the the build was kind of mid for this and i thought the match was mid for this as well but yeah i wasn't really feeling the the end as well like i wasn't really feeling that the way um the ending happened but i'm not gonna ding you for that i'm just letting you know i'm not really feeling this i don't want to take points away from that so i'm gonna give you a three no nah, take them away i appreciate that kenny stop um, being a good guy kenny i will no, say i will I say, say that i'll take it away then 2.75 <laughs> wow okay i was trying to be you nice just, you just let that man bully you out of my coins <laughs> he did <laughs> <laughs> you, you didn't have to you didn't have to let that work <laughs> give me lunch money. He's like, all right. Travis, <laughs> give him the lunch money. <laughs> okay. Give him his change. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Um, he said, I'm going to give you three, but I want a quarterback. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right. 
Um, yeah, I will say though, now that everybody's graded, that was my hardest build for me. Like I was struggling to write that build. So, yeah, I agree with John where he said I think it would have been a cooler moment to have like Briscoe win, um, and then like the monarchy come out and start jumping Jay, and then the lights go out or they like surround Jay like they're gonna attack him. The lights go out and the Wyatt family's there. I think that would have been a better moment. Yeah, but that then, then that makes it seem like Jay Briscoe is going to be with the Wyatt family at least for this feud, and I don't, I didn't want that either. I mean, you could. Um, I don't think I, I would have enjoyed that. I think he would have been a good fit. However, uh, honestly, your build was fine. I didn't have any problems with the build really. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't expect that Wyatt. I mean, I somewhat expected you guys not to like that it was a. Like it was a dirty finish. Like there was no no definitive winner. I'm, I'm usually so, okay with that, but it just fell off here. <laughs> That's fair. Um, okay, so main event time. So we're actually starting in week two for this build because the first week they were recovering from their okay. elimination chamber and all that. So MVP and Paul Orndorff have a nine-minute match to open Livewire. These MVP win with a 305 for the pin in the win. <coughs> after uh, after the commercial break, MVP is still in the ring, but now with a microphone in his hand. Shelton Benjamin, get your ass out here, buddy. After a moment of hesitation, Shelton Benjamin's music hits, and the world champion walks down to the ring. MVP starts talking to him. First things first, congratulations, my friend. You are the first ever black PTC champion. And there's not a more deserving man on the planet. Uh, sorry, I lost my place. I've known you for a long time, and I'm lucky enough to call you my friend for the past 20-plus years. We've been up and down the roads together. We've won together. Lord knows we've lost together. There's not a single wrestler that's worked as hard as you to get to where you are. And I'm proud of you, my brother. That being said, I didn't call you out here to kiss your ass and tell you how amazing you are. I called you out here because I wanted, because after everything we've done together... I think it'd be poetic if we made history together by having the first PTC World Championship match between two black men. You know if there's anybody on this roster who's worked as hard as you and is as deserving of a shot at that belt as you were, that guy is me. So what do you say, champ? Shelton Benjamin, the gold standard versus Montel Vontavious Porter, Mr. 305 for the PTC World Heavyweight Championship this Friday in the main event of Rebellion. The crowd explodes at this. Benjamin takes a minute to absorb the crowd reaction before replying. MVP, it would be my honor to share the ring with you and have you be my first title defense. I'll see you Friday night. Good luck, old friend. The crowd erupts again as both men smile and shake hands. So on Rebellion, Shelton Benjamin and MVP put on a cla- an instant classic lasting 36 minutes. The end of the match sees MVP hit Shelton Benjamin with an avalanche 305, but he's so beat up that he can't have he can't make the cover. <coughs> The referee is forced to call for the bell for a TV time limit draw, meaning that Shelton Benjamin retains the title. MVP is infuriated that he had the match won. He just needed a few more seconds. Shelton Benjamin has handed the world title and the two men standing in the center of the ring uh, beat up, and both men seem frustrated. Shelton Benjamin extends his hand to MVP, and MVP takes a moment before accepting and shaking Benjamin's hand. 
Benjamin turns the walk away, but just before he gets to the ropes, MVP snaps and attacks Benjamin. MVP uses Benjamin's body to destroy the ringside area, slamming him into the barricade, steel steps, and ring apron, finishing off with an overdrive through the announce desk before uh, security finally pulls him off and drags him from the arena. <coughs> um, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. MVP opens Livewire the next week with a promo. I spent all weekend hearing your chatter about why oh why did he do what he would he do what he did. I'll tell you why. That title should be mine. You all know it, but you don't know why it's not mine. I'll tell you why. They don't want a real black man as champion. They want their token black man's their chosen pick to come out and say what they're told to say. Dance when they're told to dance. Speak only when spoken to. They want a black man they can control. But there's nobody that's controlling me. I will not be oppressed. I will not be held down. My people have spent years being held down. I refuse to be a victim like my ancestors. Just happy to share the same air as you white devils. Shelton, did, Shelton, did it ever cross your mind after the 20 years of doing business that you are the first black champion? Why? Because you're the very first one they found that they could control. You sent our people back years. Now I know you people aren't nearly as jaded as I am, so you probably don't see all the writing on the wall when it comes to the years of racism in this company. So let me say, break it down for you using my own personal story. My name is Hassan Hamin Assad, not Montel Vontavious Porter. They renamed me so that way I would better fit their stereotype. <coughs> Excuse me. When I got here, Travi T asked me one question. Hoops? Bars or drugs? What's your angle? I am a natural athlete. I am the MVP of this company and any company in the world. But I can't believe I let a white man ask me that. I can't believe I let him do that to me. But I had a child on the way. I needed a job. And they were giving me more money than I've ever seen in my life. I had to swallow my pride to provide for my family. Friday night, after my world championship was stolen from me, I realized I owed my child more than money. I owed my son a father who has pride in himself, a father who has pride in his race, a father that is more, worth more than money and is willing to prove it. I took my career, my livelihood, and threw it to the side to be a man, to be a black man that my son could be proud of. So I attacked Shelton Benjamin. I made a decision to never be overlooked again. I attacked Shelton Benjamin because he shouldn't have been proud of that title defense. He shouldn't have accepted that title defense. He should have admitted I was the proven better man and handed me that belt. Instead, he wanted to shake my hand as a sign of good sportsmanship. I'm not here to be a good sport. I'm here to be the best. I'm here to be the world champion, plain and simple. That mission isn't over. Shelton Benjamin, I will make your life hell until I get my rematch. <coughs> so once you get out of that hospital bed, let's make it official. Accept my challenge for a title match at TakeOver, fully loaded. Um, on, <coughs> excuse me. on Rebellion that week, MVP is seen on the Travitron in an Islamic mosque holding an infant. Today is a special day. My son, Kembo Malcolm Assad, is being celebrated with Akika, welcoming him into the world and the, and the Islamic faith. I named my son after the two most important and strongest black men in my life. Black men that were fighters and revolutionaries. Firstly, my good friend, the late Kimbo Slice. 
I grew up with Kevin Ferguson, and I worked with him as a bouncer in many bars down in Miami. He was a fighter by any definition. If Kimbo could do anything, it was fight. And he fought to his very last day, and I'm proud to have been his friend. Secondly, I named my son after the good brother Malcolm X. He was a fighter. He was a revolutionary. He fought for our rights as black men, women, and children. He fought for my rights. He fought to make the world a better place for me and my generation, and he gave his life for his goal. Now, I will fight for my son's rights. I'll fight to make the world a better place for my son, and I will give my life to achieve my goals. Assalamu alaikum, my brothers and sisters. Assalamu uh, alaikum. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <coughs> fuck. Uh, Saturday night on Alpha. Justin Roberts welcomes his guest to this just in with Justin Roberts, the PTC World Heavyweight Champion Shelton Benjamin to the show. Shelton, let's get right down to it. Last Friday, you were in an instant classic of a match with MVP that ended in a TV time limit draw. After the match, MVP attacked you and put you in the hospital. Since then, MVP has made some bold claims and has challenged you to a match to take over fully loaded. What do you have to say about all of this? Justin, MVP was one of my best friends. When he said he and I went up, up and down the roads together, that wasn't a lie. I've spent more time with him than I have my own wife. Last week on Rebellion, we tore the house down and we made magic. And more importantly, we made history. Then he decided to throw everything we had away because he was upset that he couldn't finish me. If he would have asked, I'd have given him the rematch. But instead, he threw a fit, attacked me from behind like a coward, and put me in a hospital. MVP wants a shot at the belt. I'll give him a shot at the belt. But I'm going to tear him apart during that title match. He'll be lucky if he's able to go back to home to his son after I'm done with him. <coughs> Just as he finishes the sentence, MVP attacks him from behind. MVP breaks both uh, bar stools over Benjamin's back. He then throws his face through the television in the ring. Security hits the ring, and MVP flees through the crowd. Uh, primetime T. Primetime T. Primetime Travi T opens up Livewire. Over the last few weeks, the world title picture has become a train wreck. MVP has attacked the champion from behind twice, as well as launching heinous and erroneous claims that I and this company are racist and have used his race against him. MVP challenged Shelton Benjamin to a title match, and the champ accepted it. I'm fine with this, on just a couple of conditions. No more physical contact between you two until Sunday night at TakeOver Fully Loaded. The other condition, I want this to be clear as day. The winner should be definitive and undisputed. After the 36-minute draw between these competitors, I want to be sure we get a real winner. At TakeOver Fully Loaded, this Sunday night, Shelton Benjamin will defend his title against MVP in a 60-minute Ironman match. May the best man win. <coughs> uh, for the main event segment of the Go Home Alpha, Primetime Travi T brings out MVP and Shelton Benjamin for the official contract signing. Primetime Travi T welcomes everyone to the signing. Gentlemen, thank you for coming out here today, and you both have had an opportunity to read through the contract, so if you could just sign on the dotted line, we can make this official. Uh, MVP puts his hand on the contract, preventing anyone from being able to take it. Travi, if you don't mind, I have a quick revision to this contract. I want it to be known that once I win the World Heavyweight Championship, that Shelton will not be receiving a rematch, because this is his rematch. I already beat him once, but you and your crooked referees stole that victory from me. 
you know that's not going to happen. Shelton Benjamin is the PTC World Heavyweight Champion, and he deserves his contractually obligated rematch clause were he to lose the title tomorrow night. <coughs> Shelton Benjamin chimes in. Put it in the contract. I don't have to worry about it because I'm not losing. Hassan, you and I go way back, and I know all of your dirty little tricks. Tomorrow night, I'm not coming to wrestle you. I'm coming to whoop your ass for 60 straight minutes. You have you've called me out my name, called me a traitor to my race, and you've attacked me like a coward multiple times. Tomorrow night, I'm going to put you down and eliminate my any doubt once and for all who is the better man. Primetime Travi T asks Shelton if he's sure, and Benjamin nods yes. MVP laughs as Travi hands hand writes the amendment. Shelton signs the contract aggressively, and then MVP smugly signs it. Travi T has the ring crew remove the desk and chairs as he does a face-off between Benjamin and MVP. Both men are jawing back and forth to the point that Travi T has security separate them so that there's no to ensure that no physical contact clause remains intact. <coughs> All right. <coughs> Time for the match. Uh, starting out with Fitz, as we do, uh, MVP comes out with the black MVP-style bodysuits with African designs and the colors green and red with gold trim and Nation of Islam flag draped over his shoulders. Uh, Shelton Benjamin comes out in X-Men-inspired gear with blue tights with gold accents, blue knees, knee pads with gold accents, blue boots with gold accents, and blue wrist tape. Um, all right. So the match starts and... MVP immediately hits five forearms, the European uppercut and lariat combo of his. Um, and then sh- eventually in the match, Shelton Benjamin hits a snap suplex. Uh, this is the match where like the shit's not in the right order. So I'm just going to list these off, these spots off. Um, a snap suplex from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. Springboard forearm from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. A ripcord back heel kick from MVP to Shelton Benjamin. A bridging, bridging bow and arrow from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. A ball and elbow from MVP to Shelton Benjamin. A high crotch throw from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. (coughs) A suplex guillotine combo from MVP to Shelton Benjamin. A springboard uh, clothesline from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. Shelton Benjamin hits MVP with a buckle bomb. Um, MVP hits an overhead belly-to-belly suplex on Shelton Benjamin. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits a diving sunset flip uh, from Shelton Benjamin to MVP. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits MVP with a springboard arm drag. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits a dirty diving clothesline and then a belly-to-back suplex. Um, Shelton Benjamin hits a leapfrog senton to the outside. Uh, he also hits a springboard shoulder block and a step-up Yakuza kick, which sends MVP sending, uh, which sends MVP crashing to the outside. Um, he hits a diving neckbreaker slam on MVP, followed by a plancha suicida. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits a delayed butterfly suplex and then a release exploder suplex. Shelton Benjamin, at one point during the match, hits a triple rolling German suplex. He also hits an F5. Uh, He hits a diving clothesline from MVP, or MVP hits a diving clothesline on Shelton Benjamin, I'm sorry. Uh, He also, MVP also hits some cravat knee strikes. Um, MVP in the match at one point hits a suplex and then Transitions it right into an arm bar. <coughs> he also hits an alley oop release power bomb onto the turnbuckle. Um, MVP hit, has hits a hanging dragon sleeper from the tree of woe onto Shelton Benjamin. At one point in the match, MVP hits a superplex. Um, the 
MVP hits a malicious intent spinning back kick. He also hits a diving headbutt onto Shelton Benjamin. MVP hits a powerbomb at one point during the match, followed by a bridging German suplex and then a belly to back or belly to belly suplex. Uh, MVP hits Shelton Benjamin with a 305 STO. Um, there's been a lot of like near falls and stuff in this, but there's no no pinfalls or submissions yet. Um, he hits a player's boot uh, from MVP, followed by a player a player maker. Uh, <clears throat> Shelton Benjamin hits a slingshot DDT uh, to MVP onto the apron. <coughs> Shelton also hits a sit-out powerbomb, followed by an ankle lock. Shelton eventually hits a springboard bulldog and a springboard blockbuster in the match. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits MVP with a leaping sunset powerbomb to the outside. He also hits a step-up knee uh, German suplex combo. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits an exploder suplex on the MVP. He also hits a T-bone suplex. Um, at one point, Shelton Benjamin hits a leaping superplex. He also hits a Centon Atomico off the top rope to the outside on the MVP. Uh, leaping overhead underhook suplex from Shelton Benjamin MVP. Uh, Shelton Benjamin hits a uh, MVP with a Tope Congiro. He also hits a 450 splash. Shelton Benjamin hits uh, MVP with a T-Bone Exploder Power Slam. <coughs> uh, he hits uh, MVP with a pay dirt for a near fall. MVP hits a uh, Shelton Benjamin with a Fisherman Suplex. He also hits him with an Avalanche Emerald Flu- Emerald Flosion. Uh, MVP hits Shelton Benjamin with a drive by a fade to black drive by kick, and then Avalanche. He MVP finally hits an Avalanche 305 one two Shelton Benjamin. But before he can make the pinfall, the time limit is reached. So it's officially a draw. But Travi T comes out and restarts the match. And a sudden death, first fall wins. Um, they brawl a little bit for about three to four minutes. Eventually, they both climb up to the top rope again. And Shelton Benjamin hits MVP with an avalanche pay dirt. And is able to cover him for the one, two, three. Shelton Benjamin retains the title. <clears throat> do you want to y'all want to go first i'm not quite to a number yet but i'll kind of give my thoughts uh okay. i bet that you you had already informed us that like a lot of the spot writing was last minute but i really would have liked in an iron man match to have like you know the time yeah. stamps the score and stuff like that because that that builds the drama of the match yeah. And I understand time constraints, and with all these promos you wrote, and many of them excellent, um, I understand how time runs out. But yeah, and with me being sick for you know I mean? like two and a half weeks, I didn't get to work on it like I thought. So yeah, I hold the L for that because like I'm not gonna make it a brutal, <laughs> but <clears throat> damn, missed up, uh, but not fully your fault. Um, uh, I will say. The bill had its ups and downs. It was kind of roller coaster for me. Um, writing yourself to have been accused of racism is wild. Um, <laughs> that, that that's actually that's actually kind of batshit if you're being honest. Um, 
Like that that that, that was some shit. I don't. Um... Charvie Blanchard. I think the match. <laughs> I think the match is good. I think the build was overall decent, uh, but very. So here's how I felt about the the build it was very up and down like a roller coaster and then the match kind of <coughs> rode like it stayed at the same level it stayed pretty like upper mid i'll say i'm gonna give this a 3.75 i think okay. it was all pretty good but with a lot missing what like in the in the build did like you not like of, if you don't mind me asking um just a lot of the early promos like i felt like um at the the essential conflict is kind of how do I put it? It's provocative, but wasn't always provocative in the right way. And having okay. MVP being a heel using that might send a wrong message to the wrong viewer. If that makes sense, it, it's a it's a tricky storyline that you have to tread carefully with. And I would you make like him the baby wrestling company? I, I was gonna say, with something like that, like. When you have that woke person like that, it's kind of it's kind. I feel they're like always the heel. They're, yeah, they're usually the heel when you do something like that because they're usually <laughs> yeah, like Muhammad Hassan was the heel, even yeah. though he was the right. He was right. It's like it's like they mean well, but they come off as an extremist. Like like they have a good exactly. It's that yeah. killmonger thing where exactly. your your ideas are, are right, but your method is wrong. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, very, very it's almost uh, like, Malcolm X. It's, it's almost dated that because because uh, you, you kind of do for some people send the wrong message in a way. But I also understand that most wrestling companies would botch this. AEW would, WWE would, and most companies would botch this, if not all. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I feel about it. I feel like it's kind of a risky storyline that wasn't always perfect and then the match of course lacked the drama it needed that's where the dollar 25 off comes from okay um yeah i'm pretty much gonna agree with john i do wish we got more like i get what you were going for having it go to a time limit draw and <coughs> like then having the tiebreaker because Travi T made the tiebreaker happen. Um, so now MVP has a justification for why he's saying he got screwed. But I kind of wish we had some falls in there because you could have still done the tie thing just with a couple of falls in there. As well, well the, just... the thing is, is that they didn't have the fall. They didn't have a, a fall between them for 36 minutes. Yeah. So it's basically but... saying like, the, yeah, I get what you were going for, but I wish at least even if it was just one to one, like yeah, because it feels each. like it feels like we had the Iron Man match for no reason. It could just been a regular singles match that just happened to go over the time right. limit. Like I get what you're going for, like the Bret Hart Shawn Michaels. I would say not every yeah yeah. So not every every Iron Man match has a time right. has any yeah. falls yeah other than just the one yeah. But I would have been. I wish there was just like. I guess three falls total. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to give you a 3.75. I'll take it. I'm mad at that. Yeah. I think we all end up having the same score. I also gave it 3.75 as well. Um, I felt like, honestly, he could have went a little harder in the promos. 
Like, I mean, like, yeah, I feel like he could have went a little harder with what he could have said. It's a slippery slope for me. It's slippery. No, 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 no. It is. I'm towing the line right now. So, no, it is. I'm just, I just feel like I agree. I could have, I I was going to go a little bit further, but I was like, you know what? Let me just see how this works and we'll move on with this character as we go. Yeah, but I feel like he could have went a little harder. Well, even if you didn't go with what he said being harder, you could have maybe had him do a little more heelish things. I don't know. Just to just to really like sell it. Just to really sell it. He just comes off as the annoying <laughs> right now. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Okay. John, take yeah. over. You're the host now. Y'all were just in here having a roast session on me, huh? Well. Oh, yeah. Plugs <laughs> now. Starting with the bad guy. Okay. Um. Yeah, you can find me on all social medias at Bad Guys Spoken. Um, and I uh, catch the Bad Guys Spoken podcast on YouTube. Um, new episode comes up tomorrow. I try to drop them every Wednesday or Saturday. But yeah. Check it out. You go with that, right. John. Prime time. Uh, follow me on all social media at I am Travy T at I A M T R A V V Y T on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. You can tweet me, you can TikTok me, and tell me how good of a job I did on this pay per view. You did good. Uh, Thanks. And you D with? Money, what you got for us? I be tweeting and TikTok, and you can follow me on both at Dumb Money T one three. So it's D A M O N E Y T number one number three. Um, follow me on both. I'm honestly probably gonna do like any content for TikTok. It's probably gonna go to the T one three media TikTok going forward. So that's gonna be TikTok slash T one three. Yeah, T one three. So, John. And um, hate to get political on her, but um, you know, bother the Supreme Court however you can. Uh, donate to uh, po- political organizations that are fighting for abortion rights. And if your state, especially if you live in a bumfuck-ass red state like me, go out and vote so that you can help turn these numbers and make it less awful. This shit sucks. Fuck theocracy. Make a difference. That's my only plug today. If you need to go camping, New York allows camping. So you can always come camp at my house. Um, so also... The rest of you, our states, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so <laughs> you can also follow all the content on the T13 Media Network by going to T13media.com. It's T number one, three spelled out media.com. We got t-shirts, we got mugs, we got everything your little heart can desire. Uh, but that's been this episode debatable. Don't forget to rate and review us. You know the golden rule. Uh, five the fuck off. This is debatable. Book it. This is sorry. Book it. Book it. Sorry. Book it. Sorry. I'm not used. To, I'm, I'm not used to. I'm not used to hosting this show. Say the thing. Oh, see ya. Bye. Say the thing. What what thing? Fiverr fuck off? No, that that was the thing. <laughs> oh, bye.